What's going on, PTG fam? Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. This episode is brought to you by Transfuse. Transfuse is the all-natural electrolyte drink that everybody wants and loves. We love it. We've been loving this stuff. It's amazing. Has everything you need: magnesium, potassium, sodium, over fifteen hundred milligrams of vitamin C to make sure your immune system is heavily boosted. It's got fifty milligrams of zinc. Zinc is another amazing ingredient you hear us talk about all the time. Been proven over and over to reduce the duration of a common cold. Helps with respiratory illness. Just really good for the immune system. It's also good for the brain. Speaking of the brain. Uh, Transfuse also has vitamin B. It has choline. These are two amazing vitamins for overall cognitive function. We love this stuff. This little packet is easy to travel with. It's easy for us to take with us. It tastes amazing, and it has all the nutrients we need, whether it's before a podcast, before activity, before paintball. Um, We love this stuff. It's, It's fantastic. And we have partnered with Transfuse to bring you guys an awesome discount. If you guys go to translabs.com, that's T-R-A-N-Z-L-A-B-S.com, and use code PLAYTHEGAME at checkout, you will get 10% off. Um, If you do sign up for the subscription where they ship you your product monthly, you don't ever have to deal with the hassle, you'll get an additional 11% off. So it's a total of 21% discount. Uh, The packets become extremely affordable. They're already pretty cheap as it is, and um, you're going to feel better. Bottom line, you know, people are often walking around dehydrated. That is just the fact. You can hop on Google and you'll realize how many symptoms um, you may have experienced from dehydration. You don't even realize it's because you're dehydrated. Uh, We need to be drinking lots of water and we need to have the appropriate electrolytes with that water. So Transfuse is our go-to. We love it and we can't thank them enough for being one of our sponsors. We are so, so thankful for uh, their brand and everything that they stand for and their support in the paintball community. So again, that's translabs.com, T-R-A-N-Z-L-A-B-S.com, and code play the game. You know, um, if you guys do get some packets, please use the product and make sure to tag us. This episode is also brought to you by Heal Brand. Heal Brand is an amazing CBD company. We um, have partnered with them and are incredibly excited to bring you guys this brand, which is on the cutting edge of the technology in the CBD space. What they offer is nanotechnology CBD. What that means is their product is basically broken down into a micronized formula. So it has the ability to break through the cellular wall. What this means is that you need less to do more. Uh, bottom line, you need less to do more and you feel it much faster. A lot of CBD products, you need to take it for a week or two before the body um, really starts to uh, get the full effects of the CBD, whereas the CBD with the nanotechnology from Heal Brand, you pretty much feel it right away. It is insane. I love it. It has helped with my sleep so much, so tremendously. They have these amazing little knockout shots as well with 10 milligrams of nano CBD. If you guys want something a little bit cheaper at an uh, entry point kind of thing, it has a bunch of other natural ingredients in it as well. Valerian root, tryptophan, all sorts of stuff to help you get a really good night's sleep. I take one knockout shot with a little bit of the nano CBD tincture every night and I've been sleeping fantastic. I mean, it's phenomenal. It truly is. Uh, They also have a little energy shot called Amp Energy. Just really awesome product. We love this brand. And again, of course, we have partnered with them to get you guys an awesome little discount. If you guys head over to healbrand.com, use code playthegame at checkout on any of their products and uh, you'll get a nice little 10% discount. It's a great way to support the show and support our sponsors as well. And just major shout out to CBD. Um, It's healing a lot of people. It really is. It's helping people get better sleep, have less anxiety, and just overall feel better throughout the day, which can't really ask for much more. 
This episode is also brought to you by G2 Paintball. G2 Paintball is a paintball athletics company that is designed to make you a better paintball athlete. They're running some amazing camps out there in Arizona. If you guys have not checked out G2 Paintball, you need to. They're doing a very good job of offering affordable training to help the everyday paintball player become a top-level paintball athlete. In paintball, it is so incredibly important to make sure that you are maximizing your physical abilities so that you can pair that with your mental abilities on the paintball field. Head over to g2paintball.com. It's owned and operated by Victor Gamboa and Rusty Glaze of San Diego Dynasty. I know Tyler Harmon, uh, myself, Ryan are looking to do some work with them in the future. They have Brandon Unger out there. It's just a really awesome thing that they are building. So G2 Paintball, definitely check them out. And uh, we hope to see you guys at one of the camps in the very near future. All right, everybody, this episode is a really good one with one of my good friends, Dave Pando. I've known Dave for a very long time. He has been an incredibly successful um, businessman, entrepreneur, if you will, in paintball and now owns one of the best paintball fields in the entire world. I can say that from experience. I've been out there multiple times. It is a beautiful facility. They just had the Midwest Open Pro Invitational event there. It ran very well if you guys got to see it on Go Sports. And uh, Pando's just an awesome, awesome guy with uh, some great plans in the paintball world. And so we are excited to uh, sit down and have this conversation with him. Without further ado, we're going to see you in the show. An insane inside move by Marcelo Margot. Great communication. And the crowd starts chanting Harmon. Great, great shot by all the guys. Tyler Harmon saved that game. Came out with two wins. Marcelo Margot was on fire. I am recording. We're going to take a little like five second pause and then Tyler's going to bring us in. Sounds good. All right, Dave Pando, what's up, brother? We yeah, got baby. you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on here. You are owner of Level Up Sports, one of the most successful paintball fields to ever do it, man. You guys are crushing it out there. <laughs> You've you grew up in Southern California, um, or at least you know worked out there, and uh, were a part of the early days of SC Village, and uh, worked at Die as well. So we're super stoked to have you on the show, and thank you for coming on, man. Hey man, amazing. So happy to be here, help you guys out, and uh, yeah. happy to have a great podcast. Let's do it. And yeah. I'm sorry, did you grow up in Southern California or no? No, no sir. Cleveland. I'm an Ohio boy. <laughs> okay, I'm but sorry I about that. I escaped as soon as I could. I, I went, you know, <laughs> that, after college, I immediately to California. I, okay. So I was going to say, was, Pando, Pando wanted to be a California boy so bad that he, he led <laughs> everyone to believe that. Everyone thinks he's like this surfer dude from San Diego, but no, he's from he's from. Good Cleveland, for you, right? dude. I love that. <laughs> I am a hillbilly. And you're back, you're back to your roots now, uh, building level up sports out in Columbus, which is amazing, dude. I, I absolutely love your field, dude. I just, uh, you know, I know we've, we've talked about it quite a bit and, you know, we've been friends for a long time, but your field out there is, is just fantastic. That is kind of the blueprint in my opinion, as to the way field owners need to operate a field. You know, it's good for the sport to have a facility where players can come for their first time and they just have a great experience. That's what it's all about, right? For the future of paintball, that's what we need. We need field owners that are providing that. And so um, I know Tyler and I, you know, I could speak on on the behalf of both of us are so thankful for people like you. And um, yeah, it's where we're excited to dig into it, man. What's happening? Appreciate it. I mean, you know, we're, uh, 
it's only four years old, you know? So it is a brand. I still think it's a new field, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I think just, uh, because of the random unique experiences that I had in the industry, it's kind of helped us like slingshot a little bit, have a faster trajectory than maybe some other fields. But, uh, I think there's, there's definitely, uh, a lot of fields that have been there since the beginning, you know, 30 years old that mm-hmm. have just, you know, they've been crushing it just because they they really have been there since the beginning. And then there's a, a sort of a new wave. There's not too many of them, but there's definitely uh, a, a few fields that are sort of the new kids in town. Um, and I think that's what we kind of bring to the table is just a fresh perspective on what a field should be or how it should be, or maybe even just fresh energy to some mm-hmm. of the, you know, some other fields that might've been around. They're sort of not stagnant, but they've just, they're dug in and, and, and they they're set on their ways. Mm-hmm. So when you open a new field and, and do it right, you kind of can push the boundaries and, and mm. um, just expand on whatever, you know, bring, it, bring some new energy to the vibe. It's that Dude. competition, you know, that competition is good because it forces mm-hmm. the other fields in the area to step it up. Otherwise they're going to lose business, you know? Mm-hmm. It's got that wow factor, man. Like if you go and look at the Instagram, uh, <laughs> LVL up sports, uh, go check that out. Everybody just check out this Instagram. I mean, it's just a beautiful field. I was looking at it right now. <laughs> it's every, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, it's everything that we talk about fields needing to be in this modern day so that we can make sure that when mom and dad roll up to the field, they say, okay, yes, I feel good about dropping my kid off here. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this is a very beautiful establishment and, and you provide all of that, which is super awesome. And I'm just going to drop that, this in there. We need to get a PTG pro school going, Marcelo and myself, <laughs> and get out there. <laughs> and do a time, big clinic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anytime. <clears throat> yeah, dude, because it's, uh, it's just an amazing thing that you have going here. And uh, we're just super, super honored to have you on the show and kind of pick your brain on all the things that go into running such a successful field like this and how it even becomes, uh, you know, comes to fruition. It, it, it's a little funny, Ty, that you point out the Instagram because Pan, that's like Pando's uh, area of expertise is marketing. Yeah. You know, that's how I first met Pando was at Die Paintball. You're like the head marketer over there. Um, man, that was back in 2013, I think. Um, I was like, literally the first job I had was writing your contract and, and yeah. signing you. Yeah, that was cool. amazing. That was, that was tight. That was super Damn, tight. That's um, crazy. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll dig into that too a little bit. But for that, um, SE Village, I actually, I'm not sure if we ever talked about how you first got into paintball, like what your very first exposure with the game was. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I played forever. I, I really like started getting super into it. I played in college, so um, we didn't realize it back then, but I was playing in like the heyday of the NCPA college paintball days. It's really, nice. uh, it's kind of sad now there's college paintball doesn't have really any, any cool factor, but when I was in college, it was like the coolest thing ever. Nice. Tons yeah. of teams, we, you know, we would play, uh, uh, run clock X ball and it was, it was amazing. Most schools had good programs and, uh, you know, my little country, Ohio university school, we were really good. We got lucky and just had a class of good players. So just in college, that's when I started, you know, I'm getting my marketing degree, but also playing tons of, um, you know, X-Ball. And uh, that's sort of how or kind of when I decided, okay, you know, I want to try to sneak into this industry. This is what I love and this is what I want to work in. How do I do it? Um, And then the way I really got started was I started writing random articles for magazines. So I would write for like action pursuit games and baseball magazine back in the day. Uh, That was, you know, I just said, Hey, can I do something? Can I write articles? And they were like, sure. So I became, I just would write articles about college paintball. I became like the college writer for these magazines. 
And that was just a little foot in the door. And what I would do is like, so I'm, I'm about to graduate and I would start interviewing people I wanted to work for, for the magazines. And that, you know, so I would write articles like, uh, I don't know if you remember Hydrotech, the paintball company that never yeah. actually opened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I saw. I, I, Did you I write a bad article them about like, them? Hey. <laughs> no, I wrote a good article because I was trying to get hired, man. That was the goal. So I would, I would interview and then I'd be like, hey, by the way, I'm about to graduate too. So if you need a marketing guy, you know. And so he actually did offer me a job, but then they never started or, you know, the company never made paintballs, but. Uh, I just want to make a point here, man. Look, just look at from yeah. the beginning, how you attacked it. You're, you're, you know, in people's ear, you were, you obviously had a passion for the game and you still do to this day, which is amazing, but you, you weren't sitting on your butt, you know, hoping for things to happen. You're out there attacking it. You're writing, you're in the, in the vibe in the flow and getting into the creative process and making yourself, you know, someone who's in and part of the industry, which is super cool, man. Well, and that's the lesson I tell kids all the time uh, that like being aggressive. I mean, that that's all it took. If I wouldn't have done yeah. that stuff, I, I I don't know what I'd be doing. You know, I'd probably be mm-hmm. working at a, you know insurance agency or something boring. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that I just I, I was trying to find a way to sneak in and it's not sneaking in. is kind of sounds like scummy or whatever, but. Really, yeah. all I was doing was just connecting to people because I'm from Ohio. Like, there's no paintball yeah. companies in Ohio, <laughs> so I have to find a way. Okay, there's these companies, and everybody wants press. So if I write articles about them, they'll listen to me. You know, and so mm, that yeah. was just my in on how to just meet these people. And yeah, so I, I wrote an article for um, it was like the best paintball parks in the country or something. And it and I interviewed Geo, of course. From, oh, yeah. uh, from Giant and SD Village. Shout out to Gio. And, Let's go. Shout out to Gio. Giovanni. My, my favorite humans <laughs> in the world. Giovanni. Yep. He's the man. Uh, yeah. And so I, I wrote an article about him. And then at the end, I did give my whole elevator pitch. I was like, by the way, I am graduating. I have a marketing degree. You know, I'd love to work for you. And he said, well, if you lived in LA, I'd hire you. Kind of like joking. Yeah. So <laughs> two weeks later, I packed my bags. I moved to LA and slept on uh, my cousin's couch. And then I just showed up at, at giant or at Hollywood sports. And then I said, Hey, is Gio around? And then I said, Hey, I'm the guy that, you know, you said, if I lived here, you would hire me. And I moved here. And so he hired me at a minimum wage to work in the pro shop. I love (laughs) it. I love that. Look at that determination. I'm sorry. How how old were you at that time? Pando? I was 22 or yeah. 22. I took, a, I took a victory lap in college, so yeah. I graduated <laughs> a year late. That's yeah. all right, man. Um, That's all right. But yeah, so I just I, I went for it. I mean, it was the perfect nice. time, and you know, I, I in the back of my head, I would that Hydrotech company was still maybe going to exist, so it was kind of yeah. like a, a means to an end. But um, you know, it's cold in Ohio, and I just wanted to you know go for it. Yeah, um, no better place to move than yeah, uh, out to Cali, you know. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was living in, uh, I was living in Redondo beach, um, just in a, you know, crappy little guest house situation. <laughs> and then I would go and work in the pro shop at, at, at Hollywood sports, you know, slinging memberships and, you know, up just checking people in, yeah. uh, actually one of the, uh, one of the first, like, it was like the second week I started working there. Um, geo had me ref, David Beckham's birthday party or his kid, Brooklyn Beckham Dude. was having a birthday party and he had me ref it. So it was like, it was amazing. I, <laughs> yeah. I gotta say it's pretty um, cool. The exposure that they bring to uh paintball with 
the professional athletes out there at Hollywood sports. It's, it's uh, really fantastic. And actually I was talking to Tyler about this before the show. That's something that I love that you've had a chance to do out there in Ohio too. You've had a few high profile uh, athletes at your field, you know? Um, but that's, that's good. We need that. We need these, these professional athletes with a big reach to come and play paintball because it seems like they all love it. You know, they all come out and have a great time. Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody does it better than Hollywood sports when it comes to that. I mean, obviously they're the biggest pool to, to work yeah, with, of course. you know, like Hollywood sports, you know, <laughs> Hollywood sports in LA. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best part. I mean, they, they do such a good job and take advantage of that celebrity, you know, uh, mm-hmm. area because, every time people come out, they're going to post pictures, you know, they're going to put it yeah. on their Instagram story or whatever. And just people seeing those people playing, it kind of keeps paintball relevant mm-hmm. and yes. makes a little kid want to have his birthday party. Cause he saw, you know, Kobe or who mm-hmm. yeah, they have like every mega, yeah. Yeah. all the big rappers and all the Instagram right. influencers and all those people are always playing out there. So yeah, yeah G- super important. And Geo laid such an amazing groundwork there for Bear to come in and just dominate. And he has dominated, dude. Um, that guy has, you know, done a phenomenal job. And, you know, he apprenticed under Mr. H and Igor. So uh, <laughs> when you have that kind of energy behind you, uh, he's just, he's got that vibrant live energy and people eat it up. And he does a, a great job of bringing the biggest names in the world to the paintball field and to the paintball scene. And then they post on their Instagrams and all that kind of stuff with millions of viewers, which is great for paintball. We have a lot, we have more people seeing paintball today than ever before, which is, is what we need, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And how, how has everything been out there in Ohio amidst this madness of the 2020? Um, Are you guys doing okay out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, we, we, we took a three month hiatus, just, it was like mandatory uh, yeah. from March until about June. Uh, so I took that time to just, I redid all of our fields. So I never nice. had three months to work. Usually I only have like a couple <laughs> days before we open the next weekend. So, yeah. uh, we just redid everything and just made our playing fields all just badass and brand new during that yeah. downtime. But pretty much as soon as the government or, you know, the governor of Ohio just said, okay, paintball is acceptable. Um, Ever since that day, we've been booked. I mean, we're like we're like double or triple what we've been in the past. Wow. So I I'm I'm sure it's uh, or I, I think at least it's a combination of there's a lot less competition. There's there's less things going on for people mm-hmm. to do, yeah. which leaves paintball and like golf and just pretty much anything outside that isn't you know that's available is just crushing it. Yeah. Um, and paintball included, especially our park. Uh, I mean our our birthday parties. I mean, everything except for like corporate groups are definitely down, yeah. which is usually a big chunk of our business is those huge, you know, like 50, hundred person groups from mm-hmm. big companies. So we, we've been getting like hardly any of those, but on the flip side, our birthday parties, our, you know, every other category is just through the roof, X-Ball, um, walk on rec ball. I mean, everything is just so, um, popular. And I mean, our, we're selling more paintball guns than we've ever sold. You know, wow. I think people that maybe didn't lose their jobs or just people that mm-hmm. still have some disposable income have more because they're not spending it going to the bar. They're not spending mm-hmm. it going out to eat every weekend. You know, they just have more money because they're not sure. wasting it or just blowing it on, on other yeah. stuff. So, um, the field has been doing very well. I mean, obviously we've got, you know, a lot more restrictions in place. Um, but they're mm-hmm. on, they're, they're pretty easy to work around and we, we keep it safe and, it's super That's gross great. if you're not sanitary to begin with. So we're, you know, <laughs> um, we, we've been, we've been staying safe and, uh, and, and just hosting a ton of paintball. So it's been amazing actually. 
Good, good, man. Glad yeah, to that. absolutely. It does seem like a lot of the paintball fields, as a matter of fact, are doing pretty well. It does seem like it is one of the sports that fell into this, uh, this little pocket that it's one of those acceptable things for people to do. It's outside. You're not passing a ball. You can socially distance. You are wearing some sort of mask, you know, and you, you got quite a few layers on you, which is nice, but, um, yeah, it does seem like a lot of people are playing paintball right now, which is good. You know, we, we need to, um, you know, capitalize on this. People are playing and we need to keep it exciting and make sure that fields are doing a good job of managing it as well. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. absolutely sure that you guys are. It, and paintball that's, has, that's the biggest, go, go ahead, ahead, bud. Oh no, it's okay. I was just going to say, that's like the, the, the most important, that's the responsibility that a field owner has is yeah. okay. So now we have all these extra people coming into the park. So if, if I do my job, which we try our hardest every weekend to make sure that everybody that comes in has an amazing time, wants to come back, then we, you know, field owners kind of have the ball right now, as far as converting as many players as we can from the never played before Mm -hmm. to the, I want to play once or twice a year. And then, you know, beyond that of, I want to play X ball someday. And so as long as we are doing our job of not, you know, get delivering a bad experience, then this is a golden time because we're going to, totally. you know, I know for sure level up is creating a giant pool of new paintball players because of this huge boom we've got um, in the summer and, and fall right now uh, from the post COVID era, or, uh, not post COVID, yeah. but paintball yeah. <laughs> acceptable in COVID right. era. So totally. um, that's, that's right. what all field owners need to be doing. I mean, we, you know, every, every time we deliver a good job, it, it's going to turn into more, more games, more people playing, you know, significantly in the future. So that's it. I I do. I, I, sorry, I I do love what you did though, Panda, with this time of, of revamping all the fields. That's actually what kind of led to the Midwest open, the pro invitational that was at your field, you know, which is amazing. That's such a, a huge accomplishment to be able to already have under your belt that there was a, you know, go sports event professional event at your field. That's amazing. You know, I'm I'm super bummed that Tyler and I couldn't get out there. We actually were in Ohio or no, Iowa. Sorry. We're in Iowa. Iowa. We had a clinic that was already booked, uh, before that date got, got approved. So we were super bummed to not be out there, but it looked amazing, man. And, and, you know, that's what field owners need to be doing. You got to capitalize on these kind of times and, and set yourself up so that when people are there, they can have the absolute best experience, you know? Yeah. Mm. We think, um, it's going to be interesting uh, what happens next year, I think, because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the NXL was sort of throwing, they, they threw out some ideas that didn't actually come to fruition. You know, like we were supposed to do regional events this year and then That's they just right. sort of canceled them and then, you know, put all their eggs in world cup. Um, but that there, it's like, it's like a huge can of worms, obviously mm-hmm. when they, when they drop those flyers and like with the teams in the different regions and, right. you know, um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. I mean, I don't know Tom Cole or whoever's in charge of making that hard decision, but um, I wanted to make sure that if it did happen, that level up was going to be not just a venue, but like the venue for, for those bigger regional events. We do host like um, the the divisional regional stuff, like the MSXL events and, and things like that. But um, you know, now we've got two turf fields and a grass field, Uh, I bought a new compressor this year. So we're like able to, you know, if anybody comes in, they don't have to rent any air. We can handle, um, you know, four X ball fields worth of air. Actually, we're kind of overkill. Wow. Um, But that's, (laughs) I 
I, I see that might be the trend is that, right. you know, yeah. they, might need that. We might be doing regional events next year. Just mm-hmm. uh, who knows, man. It's all crazy. That, yeah. That's one of the biggest thing that people hate is if they go to your field and they can't get 4,500 pounds yeah. of air, they're yeah. like, they're like, all right, you know, I'm fed up here. It's, it's like, yeah. It's also not good for the field because they're shooting less paint, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously right. as a field yeah, owner, totally. you, want, you want people to shoot paint, have a good time shooting paint. It's, you know, you, you need to have air. It's definitely a huge bummer when you go, especially if you're trying to practice or get ready for a tournament and you're practicing a layout and you, you can't shoot, you know, six, seven pods. That's always a, a major bummer. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you can't really get a feel for how the field's going to play. Um, but in that's regards it. to the regional thing, yeah, I think everything is so up in the air right now, but some talk that I have heard is even next year, you know, cause the, the NXL events are so large that that's going to be a hard thing to have happen. Um, really until there's a vaccine or there is, you know, people are not worried about COVID that very well could be the case. So, um, I know one of the ideas is having those kind of regional events, you know, to where your teams, your regional teams can go to the ones in your area, um, and have the pro event at each little regional one, you know, so it's a much smaller event than an NXL event with, you know, 300 teams, something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. instead there's 80 teams and then your 20 pro teams you know, and, um, I don't know, we've, we've talked about this. It, it might not be ideal, but at the same time, I'm open to any and all possibilities. You know, we're, we're living in some strange times and we don't have control over the virus, unfortunately. And, um, we got to make the best with what we can. And so I'd rather have some kind of event, regional events at fields like yours, you know, um, I think it's cool for the community there to have a big event with all the pro teams, you know, in, in, the hometowns of these, uh, regional, uh, teams, you know, and, and why not, you know, if that is all we can do, let's do that. Let's for sure do that. And let's boost it to the fullest. Um, instead of not having, I think there's totally. Yeah. Sorry, Marcel. I mean, I think there's pros and cons of both. So there's, there's pros to having the big mega events. Um, and then there's cons. I mean, they're, they're so much more expensive to, to put on, uh, yeah. than a smaller region event. I mean, once you get past like the, the two field, three field size of an event, uh, just logistically, I mean, from, from the NXL guys, like their, their cost of run that event goes way up. Um, plus when you're renting a venue, that means you have to bring in your own air, you have to mm-hmm. set up the fields and et cetera. So there's, you know, but then the cons are, you know, people like going and having all the vendors there and shopping and they, they like being a part of a big event too. The, the pros. You know? so, yeah. Yeah. The pros. Yeah. So, um, I think that's what was really cool about that Midwest invitational thing that, that we hosted. Um, like I, I talked to Nick Laval for a while about it. Uh, he was playing with the Kings and he, I mean, he was just saying like, this is so cool. Obviously impact wasn't playing a lot. So he was mm-hmm. just excited to be playing in general, I think. Yeah. But, um, after the event, he, you know, we were just kind of, you know, bullshitting back and forth about what we had just done. I mean, it was kind of the first time ever that Go Sports had hosted a, you know, 18 pro event exactly. that wasn't an NXL event, right? So we were kind of just like, what do we just do here? He, his favorite part about it was just that, like, he said that he, as pro players, there's not much for you guys to do. I mean, you guys do clinics a lot, and there, but there's a lot of pro players that don't do clinics, you know, and That's it's right. not because they don't, want to or you know maybe it's it's not a money thing for them or whatever it is but 
Um, I mean, clinics are kind of a pain in the butt. I mean, you know, Marcelo, we got to plan it, pick dates, sell tickets, you know, blah, blah, blah. So Easy he was cake, just saying that it sounds more, like a blast to me. Easy money. It, <laughs> it, 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 I, all right. So it, you're right. It's not that big of a deal. But the, the point of what, what he was getting at was just that that he appreciated that there was just something to do that wasn't an NXL event and totally. it wasn't a clinic. Like he totally. said, as pro players, they would, he, he wants more things to do. And if that's these yeah. regional events that aren't these like big giant, you know, um, uh, logistical nightmares and just stuff that he can just go to, um, mm -hmm. where he can mingle with regular players, you know, at an NXL event, you guys are, you know, everybody's in the pits. Yeah. I mean, you know, aside from the team signings, there's not much mingling going on, but True. at this event, I mean, we had, I mean, the ML Kings was basically an all-star team. I mean, you got mm -hmm. Archie, Nick, I mean, you know, meter, all these amazing players are in Columbus hanging out and, the bleachers are right behind the yeah. pits and the pros are all saying what's up to everybody after. And yeah. so, um, I, and obviously with COVID, I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't even promote it because I didn't want to make a big deal about, I didn't want, I didn't want a million spectators right, or anything right. like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we require people to wear masks and stuff, but, um, let's say there's no COVID going on and this event happens. We would have had tons of people coming to mm -hmm. watch this event. And yeah. I think it's, it would have been such a win-win for both you guys to just mingle and, you know, sign a kid's jersey and just you know create and generate more fans but also mm -hmm. for the kids to see their the people they look up to it's going to inspire them mm -hmm. to want to become the next marcelo or next tyler Harmon. you know so the mm -hmm. more events that we can do to put pros you know in front of players uh and i mean honestly it, it was not very hard to put that event together the hardest part was the webcast but even if you take the webcast out of it i mean this was just it was just an organized practice. That's all it was. Yeah. We just hired some refs, you know? Yeah. You so, got a great think, buzz uh, off of that, dude. It was, it was a really good show you guys put on and uh, the guys had a ton of fun. You know, everyone we talked to was like, yeah, it was a great time. Um, it's just good that we have some paintball during these crazy times. And that's been the whole thing that we've been pushing with the show and with all these, you know, different little things that we've been doing is we just need more paintball. We need to make sure that paintball thrives through all of this and, um, thank God we have people like you who are helping us do that because, you know, it takes all of us as a collective doing this in order to ensure that we're going to have a future in this sport. And that's what we need more than ever right now. Yeah. And I, I do like, uh, you know, kind of what you alluded to, Pando, is that moving forward, even post COVID era, yeah. this could be a thing, you know, it absolutely yeah. could be a thing. It could be a very important thing in the game as well. Um, and you know, I know Nick pretty well after doing, you know, we've, we've worked together, uh, over at BKI quite a bit. And we've had these kind of conversations as well. And that is crucial for paintball to be mm -hmm. integrated in the community. Cause at, you know, just like you said, there's kids that are going to come out and meet us and watch firsthand in person that they might never get a chance to go to an NXL event, you know? Right. Yeah. So they can see this firsthand and they go, wow, I, I, that's exactly what I want to be when I grow up, you know, and their mm -hmm. parents are there, their parents can see it and they can meet us. And, um, it really is a good thing for the sport. And it is, it's fun for us too. You know, I would yeah. absolutely love if there was like when they were doing the NXL winter classic, um, I thought that was a great event. It was a really fun event for us to go before the season started to have mm -hmm. some uh, real competition. You know, it's like a glorified practice in a way, but it's still competitive. There is still a winner and um, it it's, it's good for the sport. We need more of that. I'm totally on board mm -hmm. for having more kind of events. And I also think there's a space that you can venture into to where you can build the webcast around an event like this, rather than the webcast being there, you know, for the league, it's more like 
the league is kind of putting on a show, you know, or, or your event is trying to put on a show and we can really generate some webcast uh, revenue. You know, if we can build that, that show or that fight or those matches that, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So I think there's a ton of opportunity to explore things that we haven't, that we've kind of been restricted to explore in professional paintball because of, you know, it being tied to a league. Um, and that's just the reality of it. You know, when you're running a league, what's best for the league might not be what's best for a pro show, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, a pro show that is very take. successful. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, it is what it is. We've talked about it on the show many times, yeah, you know, right. and, and, and it's just the reality of it. So to have the opportunity to do both, because it's not like it's going to hurt the NXL at all which mm -hmm. is amazing. If anything, it only helps the, it would help, you know, exactly. So it's a win-win, you know, and we're always looking for these kind of win-win situations and it gives us a little more flexibility, um, on the mm -hmm. professional side of things, you know? So again, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait to see what we can do with this post COVID, uh, when we could really run away with it, when we can have someone, uh, with your marketing skills, put together a whole marketing package and have an event like this at your field. I think it could be really big. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, and you know, go sports wants the content. I mean, you know, as far as the marketing, like, I mean, for that invitational, I, I literally didn't do anything mm -hmm. and call, mm -hmm. I, I'm just, I'm pretty paranoid about, uh, just, you know, I've been keeping a low profile as far as the field goes. Luckily we've been busy because, you know, with, regardless, but I've just intentionally been keeping a very low profile just for the rest mm -hmm. of this year, at least. Mm -hmm. But, um, go sports totally. is the marketing driver well, of, of, course. of yeah. a lot of it, you know, I yeah. mean, they've got the following, they've got tons of subscribers now. Um, I spoke with the webcast and guys and, you know, their, their subscriber count, thank God has stayed pretty like it didn't go off a cliff, you know? Yeah, right. So people are still subscribed and they want content. So with the, you know, obviously they're pushing the ultimate shootout. Um, we've got these Midwest, you know, we did the, the invitational stuff. We've got world cup coming in, but you know, so what's next year then, you know, if we've got no restrictions, can we have a full NXL season and tons of stuff in between? So that just yeah. very often there's pro content coming out. I think that's, a, I think that's great for all of us. And I think it's going to, uh, the more, the more content we are creating, the more valuable we look to anybody outside looking to invest and, you know, um, just that's get right. involved. Dude, I've got a crazy idea. Kind of. It's like when I was younger, me and my dad, we talked about, you know, let's just say how do how do professional sports leagues nba you know the nfl you you have the team they fly to a stadium and there's these stadiums all over the place right so we could have fields that host these pro events and and it would obviously just be pros only flying and you would have um you know so that the nxl or whoever doesn't have to pay out of their pocket we could get advertisement space on there that would pay for these travel expenses and then you can have these stadiums all over the country and we would have these events just running nonstop and it would be kind of more in a professional manner, the way that pro sports are run, you know, like, like, and then it would be great for those communities too. Cause like, you're like, okay, in Oakland, we have, you know, this team is going to be playing Florida uh, this weekend. And then, you know, you have someone in the Midwest playing another West coast team or you have all these little events going on all over the place, tons of content, in the same way that actual pro sports are run, having these stadiums everywhere, getting the advertisers to, you know, cover the cost of what it would cost to get these people everywhere and having that advertisement space on the platforms. And then we can kind of, you know, legitimize this and have all of this content, tons of content, paintball content everywhere and games running all the time. And uh, obviously we could still have tournaments and all that. But I mean, as we move into the future, that's the way it has to go. 
I, it's just point blank. We have to build the stadiums. If you build it, they will come. Shout out to Iowa. Let's go Field of Dreams. Okay. So <laughs> we have to, you know, I'm telling you, moving into the future, that that will be the success ticket for the game. It's going to build the communities up. It's going to pump out tons of content. And uh, it's just kind of this off the wall idea that me and my dad had, you know, when we were younger and we've always, we still talk about it to this day. We're like, what, what are we going to do? You know, like we got to build something like that. <laughs> well, I think that was, that's the intention of you know, I, like Tom Cole mentioned some of the same stuff you just said to me when he was talking about the regional thing is that yeah. the, the advantage to the regional is that as you know, the, the league would pay a field like mine or any field to uh to host the event and that just to offset you know whatever Mm -hmm. expenses that we would have um and every year we did that i would be able to invest that money into the infrastructure of the field so Mm -hmm. you know if nxl requires you know grandstands and this and this and this and once that's built then it's like okay next year how do we upgrade it and then Mm -hmm. so basically the more regional stuff we're doing the more money we're putting into the actual fields themselves as long as the field doesn't get greedy and just pocket the money. Like I, I reinvest most of the money that level up makes back into the field every year. You know, I mean, it's why we're, you know, like yeah, I'm not rich, right. but I don't care because I, the field gets so much better every year. Well, you are rich. So, you're rich and you're rich in the right ways, right? Like you have a very successful <laughs> yeah, thing heart. going. Yeah. My not on, not only heart. in your heart, but, but you have a successful company that's growing and thriving and you're doing it the right way. And maybe someday you'll have it built so big that you can be rich in a monetary way. You know, there's nothing wrong with that either. But what you're doing in the now, right now, is the right steps for the future of it. Right. Well, and yeah. I think that's the that's where the NXL can help every field. And, and because let's, you know, if I keep, if I get a stadium because I host, you know, an yeah. NXL event two years in a row through this regional stuff. And mm-hmm. so do so do four other fields or however many regional events there are. Yes. Now those stadiums are done. They're done. They that's exist. Right. And, uh, like you said, I mean, now it's, if you build it, they will come now they're built That's and it. we'll be able to host that kind of stuff all the time. So I think, mm-hmm. I think you are correct. And mm-hmm. I think that that is the intention of some of the, you know, the big players in the, in the league is to, is mm-hmm. to invest in the, the people. Yeah. When, when, when those guys go to Gaylord Palms with every venue that the NXL goes to, that money just goes to the city. Like they mm-hmm. pay a ton of money. And they go in and they destroy everything and then they leave <laughs> and that's it. But, you know, if they, if they were going to five paintball parks a year and yeah. all that money stayed in the industry, that's then right. we have more, you know, the field owner has more money to invest in his park or her park and mm-hmm. make it better. So that's, uh, that's an advantage of these regional things. Now, obviously most paintball parks cannot handle a mm-hmm. 200 team right. event because you can't, I mean, it's parking. Usually you can't park that many cars. Mm-hmm. Um, six fields is obviously a lot more difficult mm-hmm. than three kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it would be pretty, unless you have like a CPX or, you know, they don't exist, but you know, maybe OXCC yeah. or there's like a few fields that can't handle those giant mega events, but mm-hmm. there's definitely room to do stuff in between. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fun to have, you know, plant the seeds and see if we can get some growth out of them. You know, that's because we, we have to we have to stay sharp and we have to stay persistent on the future of this game and keep creating it. It's not going to create itself. We have to, uh, you know, we have to be on the forefront of it. And, dude, it's just exciting to, you know, even think about. Right. <laughs> totally. And and obviously the, the stadiums at the fields are, are really cool ideas, but I've always been a huge proponent of building the webcast. Right. If you mm-hmm. build the show. Sure. It, it's 
it's limitless. You have limitless opportunity to get in front of people's eyes. You know, there is no restrictions as far as space. It's, you know, if someone has a computer and internet, you know, that they can, they can get a subscription and, and funnel money into it, much like the UFC did with, with their pay-per-view fights and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, that's very true, dude. That's so true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a limitless opportunity there, but uh, Pando, I do want to kind of dive back in a little bit to your adventure to where you are now. Cause again, I just think your story is so cool and so football players can really relate to um, the paintball grind essentially, you know what I mean? And you've had so Mm -hmm. much experience with different companies. So I think we had left off um, with you working at SC village in the pro shop. You kind of worked your way up through the, through the ranks there. And then uh, I would like to talk about how you got the position at die. Cause you were one of the, the high ups over at that company, which die has been a giant in paintball for as long as anyone can remember. So yeah, I back in a little bit. Sure. Shout out to uh, SC well, village. All, I, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, SC gave me the starter, you know, geo, uh, I really owe a lot to him. And, and after hearing so many of his motivational speeches on how to lead a team at the paintball park, I, I take a lot of the, uh, uh, the, just the leadership, stuff from geo that I, I use at my park now to this day. So, I mean, just to this yeah. day, geo is like one nice. of the best leaders I've ever met in my whole life. Um, he's just, uh, yeah, very motivational, very optimistic, very good at keeping everything positive. And, and I really respect mm-hmm. him and everything that he's done. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm grinding in the pro shop. I mean, you know, he, I, I'm not making any money. I'm making minimum wage in LA, you know, living off of commission from selling memberships to, to Hollywood sports and stuff. Dude, good but for I you. Love I it, love you this. Know? <laughs> yeah. You this know, so awesome. I'm scrapping and I'm, and I'm 22 with a college degree, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not complaining, but I just, you know, I'm working in the industry. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm bumping elbows and I just, I, I feel like I'm in the right place, but there's one point where it's getting financially tough and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm struggling, but mm-hmm. then, um, out of nowhere, I get like the coolest phone call of my life, which was from Chris rail who runs the, yeah. he runs the registration now, but he also runs the college league. And by some crazy stroke of blind luck, uh, skinny Kevin, Kevin, uh, Brett Hauer had, was working a die at the time. He's a project manager. And he said that they wanted to hire a marketing person. So he reached out to Chris rail to ask if there was any college kids that he thought of like paintball college kids that would maybe wow. be good for a marketing position. And so, because, you know, I was the president of my college team and, you know, so I worked with rail on that. Um, and I just, you know, I, I knew rail just from playing all the tournaments and stuff. Um, yeah. So rail said, Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure this kid, Dave Pando just moved to LA and he's a marketing guy and he's good. So you should call him. So randomly, I just get a call from skinny Kevin who I'd never met before. Didn't, you know, no, no relationship. And he said, Hey, dude, he's the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, so he was, I was such a goofball, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So he, he says, you know, come, come interview with die. And so I drive from, you know, drive to San Diego one day and I just am totally blindsided. I, I think I'm interviewing with just some guy, but I mean, it was my, also my first time at die, which if kids have probably never been there, it's just this giant, beautiful building, uh, mm-hmm. in San Diego, blue glass windows. It's just like unbelievably huge mm-hmm. and beautiful. So I go in, I go into a conference room and inside the conference room is skinny Kevin Dave Youngblood, uh, Chris Williamson, who's the manager now, and uh, Miko Hootenen, who would end up being my boss. But I just, just like, oh, I'm like starstruck and also like <laughs> shitting my pants out of intimidation, you know? <laughs> Dave's just so intimidating the first time, you know? 
mm-hmm. and they are just grilling me. Like I am like sweating, but I am just getting torched. Um, mm-hmm. so nervous, but apparently I did good. I got, I, and so I ended up getting the job. Um, and then, you know, it just totally just put me on a, I mean, I was, I wasn't going to move home, but I, I think I was, I, I would have had to figure out another way to make money, which usually leads mm-hmm. you out of the industry. Yeah. Um, so it was just perfect timing. I got really lucky. And then I got a, a salary job running all the team sponsorships and, um, just got my foot in the door. But, uh, this was like a, a very cool time at die. Um, there was just tons of employees. I mean, it was right when they had launched their snow goggles. So they had a die snow marketing team, uh, at this time it was the PSP. And so die owned mm-hmm. the webcast as well. So like my desk, I sat next to Maddie Marshall, uh, and mm-hmm. Darren Sasenia who runs the webcast now. And, you know, uh, turban who, you know, started carbon now, but turban used to work at die. Um, yeah you know, Miko, I mean, it was just like an amazing all-star mm-hmm. crew of the, the, the die guys. And they were all and what the year? at the one time. What year was that when you got hired there? This was, it was the year it was like the DM 12 was, or no mm-hmm. DM 13 was the new gun. So I guess 2013, 14, nice. something like that. Wow. Um, what an opportunity, man. That's crazy. Uh, it was, it was amazing. And I mean, it, you know, typical just die stuff. I mean, I, I basically got hazed for my first year, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just nothing, but, uh, but it was so cool. I mean, I, being a marketing guy and, and team sponsorships, I mean, right away I'm, I'm going to Europe. I'm, I'm doing the, you know, the, uh, uh the millennium series at the time, um, mm-hmm. sponsoring all the European teams. And then we had launched the die dam. So I was like a big part of the marketing, uh, release of that crazy insane tactical gun that's still being sold yeah. to this day um and then we released the m2 while i was there as well which was a big deal for die at the time so wow. uh i mean it was just yeah that was like the you know the, as far as a dream job in, in the paintball industry i mean every month i was flying to some other city whether it was a big game or a tournament you know and just setting up the booth and just being you know yeah. that's really when i became an, an industry guy the the, mm-hmm. the carney slash instagram guy for the, <laughs> you know. yeah the yeah, carnies. Um, that's right it is like a, yeah. a little bit of a carney life you know you're you're all over the place setting up these booths and uh interacting with uh, the players and making sure everybody's taken care of wow that's pretty crazy man so you were just, you know, working at SC Village. You got your foot in there. You you made the initiative. You you moved out to LA, and then, um, you know, in the midst of a struggle, divine intervention strikes, and you get that phone call, and and it sets you on that path. That's pretty amazing, dude. Yeah, and uh, I mean, but the the only reason that that I got that phone call was from taking that initiative back in college. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I at some point had made an impression on Chris Rail. Uh, when I was doing the college paintball stuff so that he thought of me when Skinny yeah. Kevin called rail. So that's the real lesson for for everybody. And it goes back to the same thing, me writing those articles. It's just, yep. you know, my advice, every, you know, the reason I own this paintball park right now and the reason I've had every job I've had in the industry is just because anytime I had an opportunity, I would do it as good of a job as I could for that person. And if they needed a favor or whatever, like I was just always the hardest working dude. I was never lazy mm-hmm. and I would always be the, how can I help like on the aggressive side as far as, you know, um, you know, yeah. just, I, I just, the you know, big time component of just, you know, making relationships and being the hardworking guy that everybody knows, like you're going to bust yeah. your butt for whoever so that when they need somebody, they think of you That's and right. then all the favors that I did for those people while I work for them. 
once I opened the field, all those favors came back tenfold. So that's right. That's the you're, big lesson for all the, all you kids out there is just, you know, always bust your it. ass and, and attack it. 100%. That's it, dude. And, and you never know when that moment's going to come, right? Like all that no. you were doing is in each moment from, from college on through to, to now, I'm sure you're still the same guy. You're attacking it. You're building those experiences and, and you're making each moment count because what you were doing is you were attacking each moment and doing the best you possibly could in every moment along that whole experience. And it, it came back, like you said, tenfold, because when, when the stars aligned and everything came to fruition, you were the one that they called, you know, because they saw that Mm -hmm. in each moment you were attacking it and that's what people need. And that is such a huge lesson because people are always like, you know, um, it's never going to happen for me or this, that, and the other. Well, you're right. It won't if you have that attitude, but if you attack it and you're on it all the time and you're always crushing it, People are going to take notice of that, even if it's not you're not getting all the the money and all the you know opportunities. Now people will see that that you have that initiative, that you have that work ethic, and it will come to you. You just have to be patient and don't give up on yourself and keep doing the hard work. And like you said, it comes back tenfold in the in the long tail of it. You know, the squeaky Always. wheel gets the oil. That's it, dude. That's, That's it. Sque- <laughs> yeah, man. Do, work your ass off and yeah. be that squeaky wheel, uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. <laughs> You yeah. got to always be in people's faces about, you know, in the right way, of course, but absolutely. Totally. Like if you want something, yeah. you can't just sit back and let it pass yeah. you by and hope that somebody brings it to you on, on some sort of silver platter. You got to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears> just sure. keep working hard. Uh, well, and I'm not like, I'm no brainiac. Like I didn't, I, I got yeah. terrible grades in high school. <laughs> like I barely graduated college. You know, I went to a, like the, one of the best party schools in the country at the time. I mean, <laughs> there we go. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm no genius or anything, but but yeah. work ethic is, is what it is, you know, totally, yeah. ambition and work ethic is all you need. You don't have to be a brainiac. You just got to be yeah. the hardest working guy around. That's all. Yeah. It's kind of like Google, you know, Google hires people who are, uh, you know, like creative thinkers that are problem solvers that maybe they didn't sure. get the best grades. Maybe they weren't the most, uh, you know, sound academically, but what they do really well is work their ass off and solve problems. And they don't, you know, sit back and let things eat them up. They, they just keep moving and keep grinding and keep getting it, you know? hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So talk to me about, I want to dive back into the die experience, um, and kind of start from the beginning in there. Uh, and how long did you work at die? Um, so at the, the first wave was about like a, a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. so I started, uh, just at the bottom, um, helping out with everything, you know, from, the gun releases to, you know, I, I was uh, like a, the hazings, the, a lot of <laughs> hazings. Yeah. I mean, like literally, like I think the first couple of days I worked there, I mean, th- this die had like just remodeled their whole R and D area. So, and there was like, I don't know, 15 guys working there. It was so crazy you know, oh, wow. back then. Um, but we all had offices. Like I literally had a couch in like an office. It Dude, was amazing. Major and, upgrade. uh, the, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. It was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was, it was a heyday of die. Yeah. And, uh, but literally like, yeah, the second day I worked there, I go to some meeting and I come back and my entire office is full of, um, paper shreddings. Like the, like if you put paper <laughs> in a shredder, they had just filled it up in like skinny Kevin, literally just line, my entire office was full of paper. And I just look around and I just, I have no yeah, idea yeah, why yeah. Kevin's a, he's a motherfucker, man. He really <laughs> like still like, he just, he's just always oh, yeah. just trying to attack. whatever. Dude, I was, I actually, uh, I was just hanging out with him. He comes to the, to Ryan Greenspan's house, you know, every once in a while when we'll go out there to San Diego for practice. 
and he'll show up with like a six pack of Coronas or a 12 pack or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Kevin's in the house, you know what I mean? He's just a wild dude. He's having fun. And I absolutely love that guy. He's uh, always got great stories. One of the best coaches, you know, to ever do it. In my opinion, he's a very savvy coach and paintball player was a part of dynasty in the heyday. So he's a, he's a rad dude. Love hanging out with him. Yeah. Well, try having to be your boss. <laughs> yeah. Probably a little different story there. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, I'm just trying to uh, work. I, how am I going to get around all this stuff? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that was just one, you know, very, yeah, just PG totally. Yeah. That was the, yeah. that was the easy one. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, just a bunch of good old boys. And I mean, we were, mm -hmm. it was, there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of cool stuff happening, um, at, you know, at that time. I and mean, it was just, you know, with the snow goggles, I mean, that was, and we had bought pro tech at the time as well, oh, That's right. Uh, the helmet yeah. company. So it was just like, just so much crazy stuff going on. It was good for me, uh, just cause I was always like, getting on sent on these cool adventures. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, like one of the pro tech, uh, a, a cool pro tech story was that when we bought them, um, vans, you know, the skate company, they mm -hmm. owned pro tech. And so oh, wow. they were in, I, I don't know if it was in Huntington beach. It was somewhere in LA, maybe orange County is where like the vans headquarters was. Mm -hmm. And so when we bought pro tech, it was like, step one is just like truckloads of helmets came into the warehouse and it was a nightmare to just, where are we going to put all these helmets? But then, once all that was done, we had to go get all of the stuff, like all the R and D, you know, like the stuff from the ProTech office, basically all the prototype helmets and all their computers and crap that we had bought. And yeah. so one, my job one day was to rent a box truck and drive to Vans headquarters. <laughs> and then me and just another guy, we just are literally like, uh, yeah, we're here to take all the ProTech stuff. And so we're just walking through Vans, which nice. is like the most insane office you could ever imagine i mean literally they have a skate park in in the warehouse Whoa. so like a, a a bowl and just like a full-on amazing indoor skate park everybody in there is skating to their meetings like they skate <laughs> to from office to office so you're like walking through and a dude will just like blow by you on a skateboard to go in. Like, i'm late you know with coffee <laughs> in his hand yeah. so it's just so cool and then we're there these like paintball guys we're here to take this the pro tech legendary helmet company mm -hmm. from the office and we literally are just doing trips taking all this crap out in boxes it was just very bizarre That's crazy and then we loaded it up and took it back to san diego <laughs> yeah dude they must um, have some great insurance there at uh at vans man all those people <laughs> riding around on skateboards but dude, that, that's crazy i i mean i skated when i was younger i had a pro tech helmet you know what i mean that's yeah, just same. that's mind-boggling mm -hmm. that they uh acquired such a legendary company that's crazy yeah it's cool yeah. i was and, and ended up yeah, I was at Die during all this with you too, Pando, you know, from like 2013 to, to 15 were those years. I think your first year working at Die was at the end of 2012. I played on the Russians that year yeah. and then 2013 is when when we met. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, those were those are crazy, crazy, crazy times. I remember there was a huge pro tech event somewhere in Carl. I think it was Carlsbad. Did you go out to that one? Here in San Diego, um, there was like so much. I didn't cool go. I know what you're talking about. Though. It was like a skate party, like a Bucky Lassick thing. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Damn, there was like just always cool stuff going on that mm -hmm. that die was part of. Yeah, and yeah. the you know the the skateboard culture ties in kind of hand in hand with uh, paintball. I think you know it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of that subculture, that gritty, grimy type of subculture that is uh, an extreme sport and. Uh, Man, what a what a relationship to build with you know between die and protect. That's pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah, well, and the it was actually really the the strategy was to help the snow goggle 
game. Um, just because, you know, I mean, it's just the industry is so crazy. You know, you're competing against Oakley and, you know, Mm -hmm. just all the major, major brands. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was uh, a big part of it was just to help complement the snow goggles and try to just create that, you know, just, yeah, you're all fighting for shelf space, you know? So like you gotta, when you're trying to get into every ski shop, you know, Oakley's already got their stand and everybody. So I think having the ProTech brand was supposed to help kind of sneak them into to places mm-hmm. that they were struggling to get into. Um, yeah. I don't really know all the details. I just know that it, logistically it was a nightmare. And then I know that yeah. they ended up selling it back or selling it to somebody else eventually. But yeah, um, those dice so, snow goggles were nice. When we they had were, it. dude. They were really nice. I still, I still have a <laughs> yeah. pair actually. They were really nice. I still use them. Um, yeah. Anytime I go snowboarding, those are the ones I use. Yeah. So yeah, and what, there was no, there was no question on that the quality of the goggles. I think mm-hmm. it was just the pol- politics of being a successful snow goggle yeah, only exactly. company. I think was really tough. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine, like you said, going up against those powerhouse companies in that space for shelf space is a pretty tall feat there. Totally. Yeah. And then, um, so you're working in die and, um, did you work there till 2015? Is that right? Marcel? No, well, you could ask him. I, th- I think you were there. I, I was there until 2015. I think you were there okay. a lot longer, though. Yeah, I can't remember the exact year, but um, what happened was it, it uh, a lot of like people just were getting let go, not really for any particular reason, but um, just the I don't know. I had been there for a while. Everything was going fine. I didn't have any problems or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, I sort of had gotten approached by the camp Pendleton camp. Um, oh, wow. you know, obviously we were, the Ironmen were playing there a lot <clears throat> and, uh, I had a good relationship with everybody at that field just cause we were, you know, doing so much stuff and I was playing there, you know, I was still playing at the time. Nice. Actually playing for Hinman. I was, I, I played on aftermath for yeah. a little bit. And just, <laughs> oh, know, that's just, right. Was, dude. <laughs> yeah. And like the Raiders and I, I don't know. I was just, I was like D2. I was just trying to, I was yeah. just messing around. You're having um, fun. Enjoying it. Having yeah. fun, enjoying it, you know, and playing the game. we actually yeah. got weekends <laughs> off playing the game. Well, I mean, it, you know, I honestly playing mostly rec ball just to, you know, yeah. drink and have fun, but, um, <laughs> Good for you. Uh, but anyways, I was just, I became friends with all the Pendleton guys. And then at some point, Sean Walker, uh, he wanted a marketing person because they, uh, for whatever reason, they just didn't really have one for the mm-hmm. field. And so um, in the back of my head, I always knew that that was the industry. Like I, I wanted to own a field one day. And so uh, out of the blue, again, uh, I kind of got a, a text from somebody there that said, Hey, you know, we want you to interview to potentially do the marketing for Camp Pendleton. And so I took the interview just to see kind of what it was. And it was a, it was a big pay raise and it was sort of along the path of that I wanted to take. And so, you know, I, I, but I was also very loyal to die. So it was tough. Mm -hmm. I love that job. But, um, you know, I just told them what the money was and they kind of just said, well, you know, we think they basically said you should take the job and just, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of move on. And they, they, I, I sort of trained a protege, um, to take over my stuff and it was a smooth transition, but I, I went from the die job to running all the marketing and kind of the sales programs for Camp Pendleton Paintball Park and and Sean Walker, um, from there. So that was a great job. It was, uh, it's really where I learned sort of the back end and like the nitty gritty stuff of owning a field. And, mm-hmm. um, 
from there, uh, that's sort of where I, you know, I spent, I think I did an, another year and a half with Camp Pendleton as well. And then at some point I just, I, I figured I was ready and, um, I started looking at locations on where to open my park and, awesome. uh, for like four ish months, three or four months, I, um, made, uh, I, I wrote my business plan and then was just sort of scouting out locations and trying to figure out uh, where I was going to do it. And then eventually I land on Columbus, Ohio. And then once again, just packed my bags, moved <laughs> back to, to Columbus and then started that whole journey. So, yeah. Um, so what would be some advice you could give people, you know, obviously I'm sure there's other people out there listening that have dreams of doing what you've done, having a park, um, what are some, uh, little key bits of knowledge that they could soak up from you that would maybe save them some time in this whole process? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, any advice I give, you cannot open in <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. That is the rule. So That's right. anybody <laughs> subscriber of play the game ends up in Columbus. And I, you know, we That's have problems, a, yeah, but... red flag, red flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just yeah. kidding, but I mean, really, uh, the field field is it's very tough honestly it's um there is a lot of red tape a lot of politics a lot of stuff that you have to get past and and really Mm -hmm. all that comes to just opening it once you're open Mm -hmm. it's it's not i mean it is tough too but the hardest part is Uh actually getting the property and opening it so um uh i'm very lucky you know i mean so basically just to put it in perspective so i moved to columbus um i think in 2015 and I did not even have the property. It took me a year just to sign a lease, basically. So it was wow. months of checking out different properties. I had found two or three properties that I thought were going to be the field, but then they end up not working out. One of them was in like a floodplain, and we didn't find that out until later. So it's just it's very difficult to sign a commercial lease uh, or, or purchase a property, but I, I'm not rich, so I, I was definitely yeah. doing the lease route. Mm-hmm. but there's just, um, there's a lot of zoning restrictions when it comes mm-hmm. to paintball. And, uh, so, you know, basically like where I opened, I could have also opened a strip club or a gun mm-hmm. range, or just like paintball is in the category of like stuff that you got to kind of be in a yeah. off the beaten path area to be able to open a field. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's probably why there aren't so many in California is because there's just, you know, land is tough to come by but even if you find land you got to get it approved by the entire city has to basically approve and welcome this paintball park and um that's a tough sell to a lot of a lot of places so um uh, i guess my biggest advice is if you're going to do it you know just anticipate it taking a year or even longer before you even find a place where you can do it you know so I did a lot of research and I, and I decided that I wanted to do that. Columbus, Ohio was a good place. There was a need for a field in, in, in Columbus, Ohio. So that's what brought me there. But, um, yeah, it's, it took an extremely long time to find a property. And then once we found it, I had to go to countless meetings as far as getting the zoning approved and then, you know, designing all the build out. I mean, um, finding a business partner, the money stuff. I mean, there's just, it's, it is a painfully slow process to get started. So that's where you kind of need to be cut from the, 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 the cloth that, you know, the, you two are cut from as far as players go and, and, and being ambitious. Mm -hmm. But I mean, things never go your way and there's always problems and you just, you have to get cut down like 10 times, 20 times before, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I mean, that's just get it open. Don't even get me started about the money. I mean, I got denied from every bank in town to try to get a loan. 
you know, banks don't want to give you money unless you don't need it. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, uh, it it is a lot of work, but yeah, once it's done, it's done. And then, you know, literally every night, I mean, my wife will tell you that like, I would just go to bed and I would just literally daydream about owning the park every single night I would go to sleep. The last thing I would think about is I would just imagine like being a paintball park owner and it didn't matter how hard my day was or how whatever, you know, shitty thing happened to me the, the day before. I would just, yeah. I would go to sleep, imagine being a paintball park owner. And then I'd wake up and be like, what are we doing today? And just try yeah. to figure it out. I love well, it's all, out. it's all about your why, right? Like you have to have a really 100%. big why, why are you doing this? If, if it's not important, right. if you'll fizzle out, it won't, it won't come to fruition. And without you even knowing it, you were manifesting this. You, you was sitting in the center of your head. It's all you could think about. There was nothing that was going to stop you. And you, you know, no matter how many no's, the no's are kind of a good thing because you know that there can only be so many no's. You're going to get through all these no's, 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 no's. And then at some point, you're going to get the yes. And uh, you kind of let those no's drive you all the way through until you you know, make that dream come to fruition, which is an amazing story, man. That's tremendous. Love that. Well, appreciate it. I mean, with, hopefully it's worth it now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Panda, with, with the zoning thing, you know, you have to get approval from the city. What what really makes the difference being in Columbus? Why is there a need in Columbus and not say in California? Because I, I do know that is one of the most difficult things to hurdles to, you know, get over when it comes to opening a field. Um, I don't know. For me, I, I feel like there is definitely a sell to the city that it offers kids a an outlet, a place to go and be outside and run around, get good exercise, relieve stress and have, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these great benefits. Why don't cities want paintball fields in their, in their areas? And now more than ever, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, and and that is the correct pitch. Marcelo is going the family route. And I mean, that, that's exactly what I was preaching to is like, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, how many, how, how many kids can spend time with their dad if they right. have something else that they can do, et cetera. And I mean, it, it worked for me, obviously. Sure. Um, yeah. I luckily only had to do the zoning part once, but, um, in my particular case, I was in like, I was just outside of, you know, Grove city is like a suburb of Columbus where I'm at. And my property is just on the outside of the border of Grove city. So I'm actually mm-hmm. in a township and at my zoning meeting, I was, you know, uh, pitching to a bunch of really old guys and then like one angry farm owner neighbor. And that was it. (laughs) But like, if I would have gone into Columbus, you would have had, uh, you would have had probably dozens or hundreds of people there protesting it, you know, um, because for every person that agrees that it's a great thing, typically those aren't the people that show up to zoning meetings. Usually it's the people that are upset, you know? So, um, there's, there's different reasons that a city wouldn't want it. So a lot of cities set standards for like what type of community they want to have. Um, an example would be like, if you're opening, a uh, some sort of like restaurant and you want to put up some like really edgy signage or like, you know, like, if, or let's say you're doing a bar and you want to open up like a metal bar, like a hardcore, you know, like rock mm-hmm. bar and do rock concerts and stuff like that. If you're in a city where it's more like, older people or just yeah i mean just whatever just like maybe more um uh conservative people yeah (laughs) yeah just conserve you know just like any any vibe that is not hardcore rock or whatever then um then they're gonna they're gonna say no you know you don't fit the the culture of our community that we're trying to make and so that's the kind of stuff that you have to battle um you know there there's obviously noise stuff 
there's, you know, uh, I mean, the safety thing I think is an easy battle to win. There's mm-hmm. lots of statistics mm-hmm. that show that paintball is actually one of the safest sports mm-hmm. you can play, which I throw away all or throw out all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, really, it's it's the stigma, you know. It'd be like you know a skate park. People don't want That's skate right. culture in their community because they think it's bad. But you would say, well, if you don't give the skaters a place to go, then they're just gonna skate on your on your staircases <laughs> in front of your businesses, yeah, you know, like sure, you got to right. give them, got to give them rails and stuff. So, um, yeah. there's definitely, there's always an argument for why, but mm-hmm. getting it approved is tough. And so gotcha. I'm lucky cause I'm in a, a, a very rural part of town and, um, you know, it's a, it's just, it's a good fit for Grove city for sure. Um, so they were all about it, but if I was going into a different part of town, I probably would not have been approved. So I'm sure California, very liberal, liberal state, very, you know, restrictive on all kinds of stuff. So I'm sure that the, the zoning is, is pretty tough out there too. Uh Yeah. 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 It's it's Um, definitely, you can do it. I mean, there's, there's definitely paintball parks out there, you know, like, yeah, of course. course. I'm sure it is possible. Yeah. Yeah, But your, your land is very expensive. That's the big problem. (laughs) <laughs> totally. cheap out here. a lot of stuff in california is becoming more and more difficult i gotta say it's it's always been such a beautiful place to live very thankful that i got to grow up here but um i mean tyler you know tyler just moved from california to arizona a lot of people are, are actually leaving california it's not being ran entirely great right now um sure. I, do, I do hope that changes and it's in, it's incredibly expensive you know that's another thing i was looking at places um you know because i'm yeah. kind of in a in a spot where i think it's time to sell my place you know i've done pretty well on it kind of want to sell and, and maybe get into something else but you know, I'm looking at at what I could buy if I were to go somewhere extre- really nice in like Montana or something. And yeah. for a mm-hmm. fraction of the cost, I could get a sick place. You know, yeah. I would be living yeah. it up in a brand new, you know, three bedroom, nice house. Like it, it is kind of crazy, you know, and and for mm-hmm. what? You know, I do love the ocean. I love the beach. And so that's a really that'll always be a tough thing for me to try to get away from. But yeah, it's 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 a little wild for sure. And so imagine how much land you need for a paintball park. Um, I'm sure the, the right there is pretty, pretty, pretty massive. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I, yeah. and I think for, as far as like the strategy goes, you know, you're, it's like, you could probably get a ton of enough, more than enough land in Montana or whatever, but you know, you got to think of, you know, who your customers are. So, uh, a lot of, you know, field owners, I would say, you know, if you're like an X-ball player and you're like, Oh, I want to start field one day. You kind of really can't have that mindset. X-Ball does not mm-hmm. make money. So <laughs> X-Ball is like a yeah. very, um, I mean, you can you can run tournaments and stuff like that. But uh, in order to survive as a paintball park, you, you need to be around kids, tons and tons of mm-hmm. kids. And not like, I'm not talking college kids, you know, like a very small percentage of my customers are from Ohio State. Ohio State, 60,000 kids. It's 15 minutes from my park. And I would say it's maybe... 5% or less of my customers come from Ohio state. The majority of my customers are eight to 14, 15 year old uh-huh. kids in their birthdays. And yeah. that is what you need to survive. You can definitely X ball on premise is definitely important. I think it gives people a, a something to grow into and yeah. um, there's marketing value and, and things like that to like, so I'm not saying don't do X ball, but I'm saying your core business has to be the young kids birthday party. So Columbus, the reason I picked Columbus is because there are literally like almost a hundred high schools in, in, within a half hour drive of each other. Uh, obviously we do have, um, uh, Ohio state, but there's just tons of families here, tons mm-hmm. of kids, young kids, yeah. and a paintball park is a birthday party business. Totally. That is and a business 100%. park as well. Yeah. I, I feel like business right. parks are, are, you know, uh, business outings are another great, 
uh, source. Oh, on, yes. And so another, you know, tons of businesses mm-hmm. in Columbus too. Mm-hmm. You're right though. I mean, um, you, you know, you, but I guess the point is you kind of need to be around everything. You need sure. to be around, yeah. you know, lots of corporate outings. You need to be around bachelor parties. Totally. You need to be around birthday parties as a whole. And it helps if you're around a, an already established paintball community. So that's usually towards like the, the bigger cities of every state is where mm-hmm. the majority of the players at least congregate around. Um, so if you're going to do a field, you know, don't open a field in the middle of nowhere unless you're going to open up a field that is so amazing that people will drive, you know, an hour or two hours totally. to it. Obviously, X-Ball guys, drive, we're used to driving hours to go practice where the good teams are at. That's mm-hmm. a little different. Um, you want to be as close as you can to uh, where, where a lot of moms can bring their kids for a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And that is this recipe for a successful field, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's the mindset you have to do. You use X-Ball to complement, but hundred percent focus on your rec side. And that is, yes. the, that is yeah. what you need to be a successful field owner. Yeah. I, I don't see enough field owners actually doing that, doing a good job of going and integrating themselves within the community, with the business parks, with the mm-hmm. schools, with the, you know, the, the parents that are going to come and have birthday parties and promoting that side of it. Um, it's almost like a lot of these field owners just feel like they have a paintball park and people should find them you know, instead of marketing and advertising to, Hey, you could have your children's birthday parties here. We offer, you know, this package, you know, 20 people or 30 people, or you go to different business parks and you say, Hey, we offer, you know, if you bring 50 people or a hundred people out once a year, you know, you get these businesses that want to do their company outing once or twice a year with you, you know, and you just get enough of those on a recurring thing that does become your, your core business. You know, um, I do think, sure. You know, and obviously I'm not a field owner, you are. So um, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I do think there is is a way to to make money off of X-Ball as well um, and, and make good yeah, money. Yeah, 100%. Seems, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, it seems like with events and stuff like that, I, it, you know, paint sales alone, you would think would be able to uh, generate pretty good revenue. So again, and, and that that is where the money comes from in X-Ball, it is volume, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you know, uh, I probably, yeah. So you definitely sell a lot more paint. Um, I guess what I was really trying to say, Marcel was like, I wouldn't open a field. That's just an X-ball field. That would be risky. Totally. Um, totally. Because I don't think X-ball is a good birthday party experience. It's too close. (laughs) You know, kids get lit up. You don't really, you know, you need bigger fields to, for an eight year old to be on. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, like the kids will go on our X-ball field sometimes and they do like it, but, um, I more don't like when don't. kids get shot that close. Yeah. What's that? More often than not, they do not like it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, well, if you think about get, it, because they get like, hit there and it kills. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and like you said, the fields are, they're tight. It's tight quarters in there. And I know that right. when I started out, I didn't start playing paintball on an X ball field. You know, I started out in the woods and these totally. big wreck fields yeah. and that, totally. that, it, that adventure when you're a kid and you're young and you're on this huge field, it's like this huge adventure feeling. And yes. you know, you're, you don't know what's around every corner. It's super exciting. Um, and I think that like the X ball is like a great accent to the field, you know, you need to have it. Um, but like you said, the bread and butter is the birthday parties, the companies, the, bachelor parties, those, those are going to be your bread and butter. And then we need the X ball to give them a route, uh, of growth, right. For the future of the game. So that's why Marcelo and myself, we talk about, you know, having 
play the game posters at the field and and things for these kids to see so that they, there's another level to it. And that's like once we get them in there and we talked about this, um, you know, a couple different times on the show is is hooking them. Right. So we get them in there. They have a great time. And then we give them this path to where there's a, a deeper route. And they're like, oh, my God, there's pros. There's this whole nother right. level that they might not have known about if we didn't have these little posters, these little things that kind of hook them and sink them and get them into that next level. And then they start playing X-Ball and take it to those new levels. But it has to start, in my opinion, I think we all agree, is like on those big fun fields, they have a great time. They're running around with 50 other people. And it's just, mm-hmm. a you know, it's it's a really exciting experience when you're a young kid and you have that that big paintball experience. It, it is for sure. And, and here's just another thing. Uh, if I went to a skate park for my very first time and I had to drop in on the biggest half pipe, I would probably, analogy, I, would, yeah. I would probably never skateboard after that experience. After yeah, I to drop in and, uh, I fall straight on my face, probably break my wrist <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> get up and say, I'm never skateboarding again. Yeah. Well, so, and yeah. here's the other thing. And this is actually like a very tough, like, um, so like, building on that analogy Marcel. so not even you dropping in but let's just say you're a brand new skater okay and i firsthand can attest to this if you suck at skating you know you can ollie and maybe you just learn how to kickflip so you go to the skate park okay and what do you have you have a bunch of dudes that are really sick and they're you know doing just monster tricks off of everything mm-hmm. and they talk shit to you and you are so intimidated that you like don't have a good time when you're there yeah surfing is a very like similar to like when i first started surfing i was so scared to just look stupid in front of all these other surfers because they're all like chill and they're just doing their thing and i'm just like trying not to you know spike somebody or you know i'm trying not (laughs) to like you know just drop in and kill or you know and uh, mess up a dude's board and he tries to fight me so like that is a a very big responsibility on the field owner side is when you have that kid come in that's why like as as often as we can we we really split up we put the advanced players as far away whether on the x-ball field or just on walk on open play we have Mm -hmm. to keep those guys separate because if you're 10 years old you literally don't want to play with somebody that has their own gun um even if you know they i mean they're i'm not saying they're good or anything but you just, you, it, it, you, you lose that ability to just like have that adventure. You were talking about Tyler yes, when yeah. you're just worried about making a mistake or looking dumb or getting lit up by somebody, you know? Yeah. So if you, if you allow the kid to just have that adventure with, a, you know, where he's not scared, he's just having right. fun, then yeah. that's where you can kind of like get that, that, that once in a lifetime feeling that turns him into a player for life. But if they're just mm-hmm. out there shitting their pants the whole time <laughs> or like just staring at the guy that has his own gun and just like hoping he's not, you know, he's on his team and not against them, mm-hmm. then uh, they spend the whole time being scared instead of, you know, really having that, that that's amazing right. adventure that we all know. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Panda, do you have 50 Cal at your place? Low impact? Yeah, of course, right? Okay. I think that's a great thing for, for kids, getting kids in the door. Yeah, it is, you know, and we, we focus like, um, uh, like this past weekend, uh, we, you know, we had a lot of private groups and it was 50% 50 cal versus the regular 68. We give people the choice if they do the private groups, but I think, uh, like all field owners, you know, you, open play like walk-ons is, you know, for us, it's no big deal, but it's really tough to deliver that experience. We're talking about with, with walk-ons just because strangers, you never know, man, you could get some dumb teenagers ruining the experience for people. It's just, it's really tough. And, and I feel bad about it often when, you know, 
if we have a 50 person crowd on the rec side and it's all walk-ons and they're playing 25 on 25, it probably is awesome, but mm -hmm. it's just really tough to deliver, to make sure that all 50 people are having like a perfect experience. And yeah. I really sweat the experience. Like that is my number one priority. It's why I go to the field every weekend is because I am so adamant about making sure that everybody there has a good time. And so that's why I always push people to do private groups. And that's why I staff so many kids so that I can host as many private groups as I can every weekend, mm -hmm. because I know that if you are just there with your friends, if it's a birthday party and you're only playing amongst yourselves and one of my referees is, is a really you know cool kid too, and everyone's just having a blast and they're only playing amongst each other, I know that those kids are going to have that, that experience True. that we were talking about because it's very, it's just a controlled environment. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that people are also having it when they just show up you know, with two or three people and they mix in with the walk-on group, but private groups is where it's at, man. Private groups, totally. especially, you know, you get the younger kids, you do 50 cal, I mean, the 50 cals, they shoot great, man. We use, yeah. you know, Emacs and, and Gog enemies. Like they shoot amazing. They, I mean, they still heard, like, it's not like a, yeah. you know, <laughs> like they're yeah. still shooting far and fast, uh, but it's the mm -hmm. same experience. There's literally no difference. And, uh, you know, I mean, we got eight year olds out there every weekend just, just yeah. having a blast, you know? Yeah. When, when your blood's pumping and, and you're having a good time, it stings, but it's part of the excitement. It's part of what makes paintball so fun. You're like, Oh, you got to rub it. And you're like, Oh my God, mm -hmm. good shot. And you're like, <laughs> I kind of hate you right now, but that was fun. You know? And it's right. like that, that's the thrill of paintball. And, uh, man, thank you, dude, from, from the bottom of the paintball community's heart for providing these experiences for people because that, and I hope that, you know, there's a bunch of field owners out there that listen to this and, and also are, just taking it upon themselves to really provide that experience because that is the key right there. Um, we have got to make sure it's too easy for a kid to come out there and have a bad experience because uh -huh. of the things we just talked about. So we've got to put that at the forefront in order to make sure that's how this is going to grow. That's the only way. Um, yeah. We can't have bullies out there, you know, um, deterring people from making this sport grow. So we got to have that at the forefront, which is amazing, man. Yeah, with Dave Cheney, uh, when Dave Cheney yeah. was on, um, spoke about this. Actually, you know, paintball really is a participation sport. You know, we, mm -hmm. we thrive off of participants. You know, we need more people playing paintball. Yeah, that is really the foundation of what generates income and success to the top companies, the leagues. Like that's what it's all about. We need more and more people playing paintball and having a good time when they come out and play paintball because it does seem like we get a lot of people that come in, you know, we, we expose people to paintball, but we don't retain many of them, you know, and some mm -hmm. fields do again, like, I think you obviously do a very good job of that, but we need every field across the U S and there's so much stuff that we've talked about, you know, mm -hmm. having good paint at your field is a big one. That's you know, right. That's making right. sure that <laughs> when players come, they're not, you know, having a terrible experience because the paint is lousy. You know, that's a big one, making sure that they feel safe, making sure, uh, really that they just have a good time that the facilities are clean. You know, they don't feel like mm -hmm. they're going to a dump. I mean, mm -hmm. all of this stuff plays a big role and you're investing in yourself long-term if you do these things, you know, That's and right. um, in the short term, you can continue to get new players that have never experienced paintball at your field. They come, they play, they have a bad time. They don't come again. And, you know, that's just not the way that's not the way forward, you know, and, and that also doesn't help professional paintball, because if you don't get players that want to play multiple times and fall in love with the tournament side of things, then there is no more professional paintball, you know, period. Mm -hmm. We need players that want to do that if we want to push that side of the game as well yeah that's it dude yeah and i think yeah. i mean I, I i'm 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 confident that a lot of the field owners 
are doing it as best they yeah. can. You know, I think some people, uh, I mean, there's definitely people that prioritize maybe a higher margin over a better experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there's some people that, you know, maybe, um, push the envelope a little bit farther than they should or things like that. But I think for, uh, you know, um, I think this is a great year for PayPal. And I think everybody now that there is so much more money coming into the fields that they're used to, even though we had the downtime, but, um, if any of the trends that are happening at my mm-hmm. field are happening around the country, then uh, I think that all field owners around the country are about to about to do our part and, and really mm-hmm. put a nice boost to the industry. I mean, all our, I mean, manufacturers can't even keep up with the demand, whether it's paint or guns. I mean, we can, everybody <laughs> is sold out of everything, and it's not a bad thing. You know, it's right, they're sold yeah, out because yeah. you know I can't keep guns in stock because I'm selling so many guns, and Wild. I'm not. I'm not so much pumped about like, Oh, I'm making all this money off of guns. I'm just pumped because every time I sell a Titman to a kid, yeah. I know that that kid has now become a, a guy that owns a paintball gun. You sure. know? Yeah. And so, and I can't keep Titmans in stock. So there's, there is more demand for for people to be yeah. buying their first paintball gun than there is supply right now, which I think is a great thing. Awesome. Dude, that's exciting. I love hearing that, man. And it's a huge opportunity right now for paintball. Like you said, like, you know, we, I know that this has been a really tough year, uh, monumentally tough year for so many people out there. And my heart goes out to anybody affected by this year. But like with paintball, I, I think that this is one of the best things that could have happened for paintball in the in the paradigm that we're in, just because it has that opportunity, like you said, to be outside, to have a safe environment to play. And, um, you know, hopefully throughout the midst of this, we'll get more paintball players playing and uh, be able to really, like you said, boost the industry and, and keep this thing thriving into the future. And, uh, you know, just keep providing that good experience and having fun with the game. Cause it is the funnest thing you can do. I mean, running around shooting these little pellets at each other and, and having fun, smiling, getting those stingers on your, in your riblets. And, you know, it's just the, <laughs> the best experience ever, um, running around and pelting each other up and, and it's great for your, your mentality. It's great for your physical, um, you know, with all of the, uh, exercise as well. What, what I've really loved about the game and Panda, you touched on it with something that you pitched to the city though, is the opportunity it gives families to yeah. play something together and have some kind of bond. You know, Tyler and I both started paintball with our dads, you know, it created mm-hmm. an amazing relationship with our fathers through this game. Um, my dad was much, much older than me and was still able to play the same game as me. You know, if it was football or basketball, he wouldn't have ever been able to really get out there and play with me when I was a kid, you know, but paintball, he was able to every single weekend we were out at the paintball field together. Um, Mm -hmm. I I go and do clinics, you know, I've been very lucky. I've been able to meet a lot of amazing field owners, you know, from doing clinics and that's fantastic. I I, I love that. And the fields that push the family uh, aspect of it, I do feel are some of the more successful ones. You know, there's a field that I go to in Wisconsin, major shout out to the Burnside family. They're awesome people, but they, they have like multiple groups of families. It's, it's the mother, the father, um, the brothers and sisters, like there's like six of them and they travel to come and play together. They play paintball every weekend together, you know, and, and like what other sport can you really do that? You know, there's not much, there really isn't, um, to where everybody can, can play together and have a good time. And so I think that's a, another, you know, very important thing, very unique thing in our sport. It's just amazing that mm-hmm. we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like yeah, fish, good. fishing, I guess would be the only other one or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> fishing. You, yeah. you, you got it. Yeah. Golf. 
golf. And golf. Yeah. <laughs> and golf. But I think fishing, golf, and paintball are doing the best right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It, it is crazy. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, a, a father doesn't really have fun when he, you know, you're golfing with your eight year old unless he's amazing or something, you know, yeah. you're just kind of just trying to teach an eight-year-old how to golf True. the whole time but that's right you put an eight-year-old on a paintball field with his dad and eight-year-old <laughs> might true. be way better that's know? true that's very so, true that's very yeah. true so yeah, it is. Um, yeah. pando is someone that is so heavily integrated into the industry now you're a you're a lifer you're for sure a paintball lifer now you're going to be in it for, for the long sure. haul <laughs> what what can we be doing as professional paintball players to help do a better job of promoting the sport and bringing paintball to the next level Wow, that's a really good question. And it's awesome that you're even thinking about that because I think that is important because I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of pro players um, and some of them aren't as influential as they could be, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know that some of you guys prioritize your your sort of personal brands um, and take advantage of it, which I think is the correct move. But um, the I think the biggest impact that you guys have is just the stuff that you guys do, um, you two in particular, very well. Uh, when you guys make those connections with those kids in person as often as you can, um, it's it's invaluable. I mean, like Marcelo, I know for a fact that there are a dozen or so players at my field, particular that are extremely that are like trying to climb up the ranks, and a lot of it has to do from when they met you at our clinic here. Mm -hmm. And just follow, you know, I mean, the fact that you respond to kids and whatever, I think, is just so invaluable. Um, Sometimes all it takes is just that one interaction between a pro player and a kid that That's right. that converts them from somebody that might have given up or just not cared enough to somebody that is obsessed, yeah. right? So um, again, why I was such a uh, why I, what Nick Laval and I were talking about after the Midwest Pro Invitational, I think the more opportunities you can do um, just to go to a field. I mean, you yes, a clinic is an organized way to do it or an event, but there is nothing stopping you guys from just doing your own personal tours of the field yeah, fields in your exactly, area. Yeah. If somebody called me from uh, who's nearby, I don't know, like if uh, uh, maybe an infamous guy or something like that, somebody called and said, Hey, I just want to come and just like grind at your field. Do you care? I would comp them as many cases of pain as they wanted just for doing that. And just mm -hmm. for them to go and just say what's up to all these guys. And yeah. it's, it's a complete win-win for everybody. It's good for them. They're going to gain lifelong fans for anybody they interact with. Obviously there's no charge. I'm not going to charge them to do it. Uh, it's great for me because people will tell the story of how they were there. And, uh, you know, who Callie Rudolph or somebody random was just at the field playing. Like that's a cool story from, for people to talk about level up. Um, yeah. and you know, the kids, I mean, they're just going to be, it's, it's going to just make such a humongous impression on their lives just for doing that. And it's very low cost for you guys. You get to play paintball out of it, but I would say, um, more, uh, what, what a pro player could do to, to help everybody the most would be extracurricular impromptu, not compensated, just, you know, go out there and just like be impression or understand that you are a very impressionable person or you're able to, yeah, you know, um, totally. leave a good impression on a lot of people and take advantage of that on your own time. That is what That's I think. Right. Um, and not, not digitally. I mean, digitally, yes, but like um, to me In person. more so like just go, go out there, just stop treating it like such a business and yes. treat it more mm -hmm. of like a really amazing, positive thing that we, that you guys can do as a whole and take advantage of that out of like the goodness of your heart, as opposed to like, yes. you know, I got to pay a team, a, you know, 
50 cases to come practice at the field or something like, let's just have, you know, have fun and and, then try to, uh, and try to, you know, make a kid happy for a day. Dude, that's what did it for me. There were no clinics when I was younger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe there were. I just definitely never went to any. There weren't any locally, right? There was only a few, yeah. but yeah. there were just pro players that were at the field every weekend playing that's for right. fun, and and they took the time. You know, huge shout out to Davy Williamson. He was one of the very first ones um, who, and, and Todd Martinez as well who kind of took me under their wing. And like, if I was at the field on a off weekend, when they're at the field, they would let me play with him, you know? And that was, that is why I'm sitting in this chair today as a professional right. paintball player with one of my best friends, another good friend of mine at, in the pro ranks still doing this is because from a very young age, it was like so accessible and people That's that right. I was up to took time to reach out to me and give me a pathway. And, and it was something that I, from a very young age said, I want to do that. You know, I see it in person. That's what I want to do. And um, I I totally agree with you on that, Pando. It's as simple as even going out on your off weekends and just playing for fun and being a good person in the community, you know, giving some ideas. You don't have to do a clinic. I go out and play for fun. And if I'm out there, you know, uh, if we lose a point or something, or even if we win a point, I'm giving pointers like, hey, you know, if you would have done this a little bit sooner Mm -hmm. and they love it, it's invaluable stuff. And it's, it's mm-hmm. so easy to do. You know what I mean? It's so mm-hmm. easy to do. It's good for the sport in the long run. It's good for the field. You know, if, if you can do that, your local field's going to do better because, um, the fields that I grew up at where the pros were, that was where everybody wanted to be. Cause it was, Hey, you might have a chance to see Tyler Harmon this weekend. You know, you might have a chance to see, right. you know, whoever it is. And so, yeah, man, that's, that's an important. Well, it's good for you too. I mean, people, mm-hmm. people are yeah, so loyal totally. to you and your brand because you do that stuff. Sure. And so right. any, sure. any professional player that's just hanging out, like mm-hmm. you're, you're not doing enough. Like you're you, wasting time. The biggest, you know, the bigger your brand is, the more valuable you are as a player and a marketable person and, you know, the ability to make more money in the sport directly translates to how popular you are. Um, Well, and I I mean, it also, you know, obviously if you're a madman on the field and you don't have an Instagram (laughs) that you can still be a very successful professional paintball player, but, um, to be honest, kind of. Not really though, Pando, <laughs> you know, you could be one of those players and you could be a hired gun on, on like impact or, or heat. Um, but at, even at that level, you're making maybe 30 or 40 grand a year. So that's right. not very successful, you know, in the grand scheme of things towards other professional paintball players. Sure. That might be a decent salary, but if, cause Tyler and I talk about this on the show all the time about monetizing paintball, right? If you want to monetize paintball as a professional paintball player, there's many different things you have to do. You have to treat it like a business. You have to be marketable. You have to be able to add value to whatever sponsors you have. And that yes. has to be more than just your game. Your game should be first and foremost. That's your cornerstone, of course. But mm-hmm. you need to you need to bring more to the table. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a multi layered cake, right there, man. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when when I got started, and just like you were saying, Marcelo, I got hooked because I was able to play and see the best players in the world, mm-hmm. and they were always out of the field, and that is what boosted the field. That's what boosted the culture. That's why it was, you know, it was thriving at the times when we entered in because it was just a different paradigm. The players were, like you said, it, it wasn't all about the clinics. It wasn't all about the dollar bills. It was the love of the game. And it was just being at the paintball field because, shit, I want to be at the paintball field. And this is the funnest thing ever. And, like, mm-hmm. shout out to Oliver Lang. He played me in a one-on-one when I was 
when I was like 11 years old, he, I was like, yo, Oliver, can I play you? And he was like, yeah. And we went and played on a hyperball field and played one-on-ones. And from, from that moment on, you know, there was nothing else I was going to do. I'm playing yeah, paintball totally. forever because of that accessibility, because of that heartfelt connection with the community at the field. Um, that is everything. I mean, even to this day, I went out here uh, in Arizona to Wild West paintball. There's even a video of it, of me getting bunkered by like a divisional player because, you know, I was just out there having fun. And uh, and it know, happens. It, and it, it, it yeah, happens. well, that's the, that's the thing is, you know, paintball – I'm a human too. We're all humans. And, you know, you, you're looking inside and you think that uh, one of these walk-ons is going to have your back like a dynasty player. They don't. So then, <laughs> you know, some guy comes tromping down the side and you get bunkered. And that's uh-huh. great. I love that. You know, we want to know why? Because my ego is not attached to this. I know when I step on the field with my squad, nobody's doing anything. But when I'm out there <laughs> with the community, I gave that guy a huge high five. I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go. And he remembers that forever. I remember it's just, it's a beautiful connection. And it's all about those things that boost the community, boost the field and just have fun, man. Don't get so caught up with the ego and having to be, I'm not letting no walk on bunker. me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Screaming at the kid that got shot behind. What are you doing? Why weren't you looking this way? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just like, you know, you, uh, Obviously, when you're playing with walk-ons, you better have your head on a double oh, swivel because totally. nobody's watching your back totally. at all. <laughs> this totally. guy just came running down the side of the field. It's like, man, good job, dude. But you know? Ty, you're so right. That moment, again, uh, I've spoken about this before on the podcast too. When I was a kid, I got to play Zizek Barrow one-on-one. Uh-huh. He, he he hasn't played in a long time, but he was on the Ironman at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I won the one-on-one as a kid, you know, I was like 13 years old and that stuck in my mind for so long. It gave me the confidence and the ability to like throughout my whole career, like that was a major boost, you know, it truly was. And, um, you're, you're providing similar experience. Did he tell you that he let you win yet? (laughs) No. And I just saw him last weekend. He says he doesn't remember it, but he also said he was super honored that I remembered it. I was like, (laughs) but you know, that's, that, that is the point though. Of course he wouldn't remember it. You know, why would he, but me a little kid, 17 years later, I still remember it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I still, that still sticks out in my head. It was such a prominent day. I remember the exact uniform I was wearing. I was, I was on die kids. I had these blue dye jerseys. I wore a pink bandana around my neck. Uh, (laughs) Bandanas were like a cool thing. Um, yeah, I remember that thing. <laughs> but the point is, is that those moments are very important to create. And if we're not out at the fields because we think we're too good to mix in or jump on, we're never creating those moments. And people like to say, oh, well, you know, Tom Brady doesn't go throw passes with, uh, you know, the high school guys. It's not the same, man. We're, we're, nobody here is Tom Brady. Nobody yeah. here is Kobe Bryant. You know, this is paintball and we are a small community and we need to treat it that way. And, mm-hmm. um, that's the only way we can build it and grow. And I love that about paintball, that, that it is such a small community in that sense. I don't want that, you know, maybe one day it'd be nice to be able to build it to that, but I love the space that we're in right now. And I love being able to take advantage of it, you know? And, yeah. and, inter- well, and I think that story that you told like about Zizek, right? So, I mean, if you, if you look at the, if you look at people as a brand, okay. So this is like marketing stuff. Like I'm sure I wish Dave Cheney was here so we could yeah. dive yeah. into this hard, but oh, that'd be good. what, what yeah. you just described was like, like, uh, uh, sort of like guerrilla marketing, kind of like brand loyalty. Right. So that guy let you play him one-on-one and you never forgot that moment your entire life. Right. Yep. So yeah. that's, um, 
let's say dynasty just went on a tour and just went to random fields in the middle of fucking nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every field that you went to, you would have the ab- ability to make an impression on anybody that came out to that field. And everybody that you in, that you met with on that day would forever be a fan of dynasty mm-hmm. and yeah. you and anybody mm-hmm. that you did because you did that. And that's all it takes. It's just that one interaction. And there is nothing stopping anybody from doing that to any field, anytime. Yeah. If you wanted to grow your own personal brand, if you did a tour where every weekend you drove and just literally drove to uh, random fields around the country and just said what's up and mixed in with walk-ons or t- did a free clinic or whatever you did, nobody is ever going to, or the majority of people are going to remember that for the rest of their life. Yeah. Uh, or at the very least, they are going to recognize whatever team you played for as Jersey or whatever gun you were using or your person. And they're definitely going to follow you and all that stuff. But uh, like, I like, I always like to give the example of like, like what's the one energy drink that, that you associate with paintball from back in the day. Monster. From back in the day. Monster. I don't know. No, Rockstar. Oh, Rockstar. Rockstar. Yeah, like yeah. Dynasty. Oh, Rockstar, right? That's Rockstar right. for yeah. sure. Or like balls would be the balls energy. Balls. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. And so us as paintball players, we think like, I, I like to use balls because balls are just nowhere else. Rockstar is kind of everywhere, okay. but like yeah, yeah. Yeah. anytime I see a balls, I think of paintball or just, I know what balls is because yeah. they, in, they, they join paintball. So mm-hmm. like any, any company that's not a paintball company that if anyone that went all in with paintball, we would all recognize them forever yeah, because they right. did that for us, you know? Yeah. So I'm not in charge of sponsorships for the webcast or for, or for, uh, for the NXL or anything like that, but that's the pitch. It's like, we're very impressionable as a, as an industry because yeah. we're so small. So if you do something, we're mm-hmm. all going to remember it forever because that's like, we, it's a very <laughs> like narrow window of things we yeah. pay attention to here in the, in the industry. Right. Yeah. So, but I think the same applies to individuals where you guys mm-hmm. at any point can take it upon yourself to put yourself out there. And, and I, I like the idea of attacking the smaller markets. Mm-hmm. You guys are in LA, right. Or just San West San Diego. Coast. Come on, dude. San Diego, San Diego is different. <laughs> totally different things. You have Camp Pendleton. You have all My those goodness. fields out there. It is a completely different world out there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I know it firsthand. And I mean, you come out here and it's different. Like people aren't, <clears throat> they like Dynasty. Everybody likes Dynasty. Um, everybody knows the Ironman and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, like our people, you know, Marcelo, you do a lot of tours out here and stuff like that. Um, but you know, there's just, there's a lot of players that maybe somebody doesn't really care about out here because they've never had a, they don't have a reason to be a fan other than maybe they exactly. liked what you did on the webcast last event. Right. So the, a very free way and a very positive way to grow your guys' brands. And as well as just create more fans of the professional sport is just, to just attack small markets, That's realize it. the influence that you have and take advantage of it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, I just want to kind of go back because it reminded me, you know, when you're talking about outside sponsors coming in, um, paintball players will kind of remember the brand forever. That was actually something you did as well. I remember in 2015, you had Killcliff, who's a pretty massive company now, <laughs> um, ready to sponsor mm-hmm. the webcast. And that was right when, you know, the PSP kind of folded NXL uh, was born. And, um, you know, there was that whole change of guard. But mm-hmm that would be something amazing, right? Like, isn't that what the webcast wants? We want to be able to bring these outside sponsors. How can we do that? Mm. It's like you had the formula. 
You did it. Well, we had an in. How do we know Killcliff? I forget. I think uh, I think it was through the Ironman or something. But um, no, man. I mean, yeah. And then I ended up selling Killcliff. I mean, now you you hear Joe Rogan, you know, drinking yeah, Killcliffs all exactly. the time right. on his webcast. But I mean, if if I was in a like if I was in charge of marketing for Killcliff, um, obviously like national campaigns are very expensive or whatever, but. I would try to fight for as much budget as I could to attack any small niche, niche cheap market that I could yeah. just, you know, very easily dominate. I mean, with the PSP deal, we were talking about doing Killcliff cans and like bunker cans and just like the same stuff that balls did. And I promised that if we had done that, that all paintball players would have known what Killcliff was sure. and drank it or whatever. I mean, that, sure. that was the path that it was going to take. It obviously didn't happen, but. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm sure it's, 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 nobody's going to come to us. I mean, maybe if we got lucky, um, we need to go attack I, I like, like you attack, you know, we got it. Right, that's what I was about to say. I don't know who's, who's in charge of attacking, but I'm mm -hmm. sure whoever it is wishes they had somebody else to do all their other stuff so that they could attack. Yeah, you know, our, yeah, our, right. there, there's not too many salary jobs in paintball these days, especially on the webcast. Um, now that they're, you know, separate, but. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that their goal is just to continue to grow the the number of subscribers and just create you know fine tune the product, um, and then once a big dog gets involved, that's when you know when they've got teams of people that are their only job is to find these outside sponsors to come in. But that's kind of when it'll happen. But um, you know, uh, there's a, a lot of people. A lot of times, there's a lot of great ideas. Everybody's got a good idea. Sure. I've got a lot of good ideas. You two have a lot of good ideas. And it's easy to bark them, but yeah. you know, um, when you're sitting in, you know, who Matt Engel's desk or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. he's just trying to get his shit done. And then if, mm -hmm. uh, if, you know, there's, 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 I, there's probably not much of an incentive. Um, but it, that's, that's something that needs to be somebody's job, you know, like somebody's mm -hmm. job needs to be, I'm in charge of getting these outside sponsors and I'm going to dedicate a hundred percent of my sure. time to doing so. Um, now, if, if the three of us own the webcast, we would make it a priority and we would hustle it ourselves, you know? Yeah. But um, it seems like it, it is good for their bottom line if they were to do that, you know? And so I don't know how or why it's not a priority. I do want to give some love you, since you mentioned Matt. Matt is one of the guys that I think goes above and beyond whatever his actual job title is to constantly do a yeah. good job pushing paintball. You know, major shout out. He, he is just so active on all the different stuff. And I don't, I don't know what his actual job title is with the NXL, but it seems like he is doing so much uh, with marketing over there, you know? And, yeah, and, and he's a great yeah, dude. A, a, a lot Huge of the guys there, that is kind of an issue is they're, they're spread really thin, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard yeah. for them to focus just 100% on this, but yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like that should be a priority, you know? Yeah. You'd think. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but like you said, he's, I mean, think about all that he does and that's, and most of the stuff that he does is just stuff that we see. Right. And so yeah. imagine how many things are on his whiteboard that are just mm -hmm. like, you know, that's right. Send, yeah. create the document that yeah. we send to all these drink companies. And it's probably yeah. just been there for a year. I mean, mm -hmm. I got those for the paintball park too. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you just, yeah, you know, it's just, there's only so much you can do. And, um, and, and he's an employee, you know, he doesn't own the NXL, he doesn't own the webcast right, or anything right. like that. So, um, a lot of times that needs to really trickle down and yeah, I mean, who knows all the drama with GI and all this crap going on right now. It's ah, yeah. sort of like what's going to yeah. happen, but, uh, um, yeah, that, that's pretty that interesting he, stuff too, right there. What's going on there. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about the A-Rod move? 
I well, was, uh, speaking of Matt Engel's birthday shout outs. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, look, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting because I was in a little bit of a similar situation. Now, I have no idea what his situation with Dai is, but back in 2015, when I left the Ironman to go to Dynasty, it was kind of similar in that the Ironman weren't going to play the NXL. You know, the PSP had folded after the first event. The Ironmen were unsure if they were even going to play the NXL. Um, you know, there was some other stuff that was going on as well. And so, you know, I, I am hearing that it's kind of similar. The Ironmen weren't going to play World Cup. That's what everybody thought. A-Rod wanted to play World Cup. And um, seems like he found a, a better deal, you know. And um, it, it's really tough because there's part of me in paintball that always says, you know, you should be loyal. You should absolutely uh you know, do the right thing in that regard. But another, on the other hand, it's like, there's not much money to be made in paintball. And so as a professional paintball player, if you can make money, it's like, man, I, I don't hold it against you. You know, I'm not saying that it would be the decision I make, I guess, but I don't hold it against people as much as I used to. Um, but it's tough. You got, you did also just win. You were the MVP. And like, it seems like that situation was really good for you. You know, um, I don't know that he's going to have the same, success on the field with impact. There's a much shorter leash. You know, if you go back and watch Vegas, he made a ton of mistakes. A-Rod made a lot of mistakes. In a, even in the final game, there was like three or four points that, you know, on a team like impact that might get you sat. But on the Ironman, he had the luxury to keep going, keep playing, keep playing. And then he pulls out a bunch of points and ends up winning the tournament for you, essentially, you know? So it, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how he, how he does with them. Um, it did seem like he had a really good situation with the Ironman, uh, the leader of the team. Yeah. You just win, you get the MVP. So it's tough, but at the same time, I'm not putting a ton of energy into, uh, mm -hmm. into hating that's, on it or not hating on it. Yeah. That's, that's my take on it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Good for you, A-Rod. Like get your money, dude. You know, um, my whole thing is like, I, I just am curious to see cause A-Rod is a bully. I'm just going to say that point blank. Like he has to be getting, points and and feel like he's in every point and otherwise he doesn't feel good and, and and it rubs him the wrong way actually so i just am very interested to see how this all works out for him on impact because he's going to be like marcella said on a much shorter leash he's going to be under more of a thumb he's got already a couple other guys that play his position there's going to be some type of you know who knows what's going to be going on internally uh, and I think that he had such a good thing going on the Ironman. I just, it, I'm mind blown to be honest. Um, and, and I understand, I understand why he did it. So he can, he's, he, his pockets are feeling pretty, he's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's great. But I just think that he might've stifled himself a little bit as a player um, on that move. Um, but financially, sure, he's going to be doing a little bit better, but I just don't know as a player, that was the best move for him. Um, but hey, dude, and, but maybe I, it is though too, you know, maybe he goes, I don't know. And earns a starting I don't know. Spot and is playing every point, you know, A-Rod yeah. A has like over and over. He's proved people wrong. That's literally That's right. what he has done from his divisional days. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, look, all I know is that impact's going to be tough to beat. You know? Always. And, Always. Uh, and yeah. I'm looking to them as, as, uh, right now they, they, uh, are in a dominant position. You know, they were looking mm -hmm. really good in Vegas and all they did was just kind of bolster their team. So. And they don't have the Canadians that are going to be going. So Correct. that's going to create opportunities for him where he'll be able to get that playing time. I and heard j might not be going to cup either. I know he's not going to any of the practices. So that will also create a, a that's right. massive opportunity for, 
for AR. So I think that for this tournament, it's a good thing for him. Um, moving forward, I'm not sure, you know, if he's going to stick with it, if it's just a one-time thing or, or what's going on, if he's playing all the way through next season. Um, but, you know, good for him. I, I love A-Rod. He's been our teammate. He's, uh, you know, one of my buddies. I talk with him on the phone and I'm glad that he's going to be taken care of. I just hope that he didn't, you know, stifle himself as a player because he's such a good player. I want to see him out there, you know, doing his thing. I'm sure he counted on them this weekend, aren't you? No, no. This weekend we're in Arizona practicing ourselves. Uh, The following Mm -hmm. weekend will be the first layout release. We're going to be out at Victory Paintball Park playing with the Ironmen in Houston Heat. And then the weekend before Cup, we'll be up north playing against Impact. So, yeah. So that'll be a really good practice. We actually have three really great weekends lined up. We're we're excited, um, you know. So should be. yeah. I'll see you soon, buddy. You're coming yeah, out to AZ exactly. here in a couple yeah. days. <laughs> Little road trip out to AZ, indeed. So yeah, um, yeah. We have some good practice, and it will be it'll be good to uh, uh, get up north and play Impact. I always think it's we've had some really good practices with them in the past, you know. And and yeah. I think with the addition of A Rod as well, they're going to show us a lot as far as um, different explorations of the middle. Obviously, off the break shooting is really good. I, I really hate when we don't play teams that are that great at off the break shooting because you mm-hmm. don't really see what you can get away with, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Cheap, yeah. You know? Don't go yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. What? No, I think you misheard me. I said, I, I, I don't like when we don't play teams that are good at off the break shooting. Yeah. Oh, God. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I prefer when uh, our practice partner is a really good off the break shooting team because it just uh, it uh, gears you up for Sunday paintball. You that's know, right people are dialed in what yeah. are you guys uh thoughts about just the last minute brackets and just with all the restrictions on who you can practice i don't i can't remember who's in your guys bracket for cup but what are your guys mm-hmm. thoughts on practicing teams that are in your bracket and stuff do you guys avoid it at all costs or what do you do if you're kind of forced to be in that situation well mm-hmm. actually we um we were gonna fly out to florida to practice damage the weekend before cup but we found out that they weren't going to release the brackets until right before world cup was initially what they said. And I think we were kind of okay with it. You know, typically we try not to, right. If there's, if there's once the brackets are released at the event, we don't hit anybody up that's in our bracket to practice them. Right. But this time it it was a little, you know, obviously a little different. We're like, okay, I guess we're willing to gamble fly out to Florida. We'll get a really good practice. If they're in our bracket, so be it. Typically when you're setting up a practice against another top level team as well, we're likely not going to play that team until the end of Saturday. Right. So by then we already know what they're doing anyway. It's not like we're going to see damage the first game. You know, that's not how the seating goes. So for us, we, we didn't really mind, but damage didn't want to do it. And I totally understand why some teams don't want to do that. And again, traditionally in a normal season, when the brackets are set at the event, um, we avoid teams that are in our brackets. Um, but you know, for leading into world cup, again, we're just in kind of different times, right. And everyone's trying to make do with what you can. So I think, setting up the best sparring partner with the best field, the best practice, the best situation was more important than whether or not they're in our bracket. I don't know, Ty, how do you feel about, about playing teams that are in our bracket? You know, dude, we've played them all so many times. We kind of know everybody. It's like, I, it, it really isn't a huge deterrent for me. And, uh, you know, like you said, you're going to see them play a couple times and kind of get the gist of what their flow is for the game. Yeah. So, um, it, it isn't ideal, you know, it's, uh, but because they do get to so have if you a guys are in that situation do you like do you practice differently if they're in your bracket or do you just do business as usual or you know a little bit for sure you're gonna you're, you're playing gonna, a game 
Yeah, you're playing, you're playing a game. The game. <laughs> you're playing a game, you know? For sure. Um, yeah, you 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 try stuff that you might never try, but yet at the same time, you got to learn the field. You got to do what's That's best right. for you as well. So there's a funny balance that you are definitely playing the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. But um, but yeah, it's you know, it's such a tight knit community with the pro paintball players. Hey, shout out to the dogs. We're gonna get to play them. They're in our bracket. Wild dogs. Yeah, we ain't never seen the wild dogs before. So that's I've, gonna be I've played against them. I played against them a few times down. Oh, in nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, sure. you know, but but for the most part, it's a pretty tight knit community and we have a good idea of how each person plays and how the organizations are run and that kind of stuff. So it's just about dialing it in for that event in those moments with those bunkers and those angles and all the different opportunities that each one of the fields provides. That's really, um, that's where the, the work is at. And that's what we really have to dial in on so that we're perfect when we get into those moments that we have to capture out there. I do want to thank you guys for not going because we actually are taking your spot in that damage practice. <laughs> so oh, are you? made our nice. lives pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's oh. oh my god. We we haven't even broken into this. Yes, you guys have a professional paintball team as well. Your field <laughs> level up. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is dude, Pando, you yeah. just really uh have climbed the ranks, my man. You yeah. uh you, you have a professional right, place, paintball right team time, too. man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I Damn, like it. Dude. Yeah, let's talk about those guys, man, because the first event in Vegas, I thought they played very well, you know, and I, I know that we talked about this already, but um for for coming out for their first event, a lot of people were even upset that they got the pro spot you know, to be mm -hmm. honest. Oh yeah. And, um, I think they, I think they came and showed out. I think they did a, a really, really good job for their first event. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we won a match. We, we took infamous to overtime and yeah. you know, we were three to three against you guys until I, you blew us out. But I, mm -hmm. yeah, I thought you guys were even up a point or two on us, to be honest. I thought you guys did get a little lead in that game. I appreciate might, it. It might've been like three to two. I just remember it was like three to three. And then you guys just, you know, yeah, you yeah. shut us out after that. But, so, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, nobody, you know, tell that to the paintball troll or whoever fuck that is. <laughs> but, you <know>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you man. think, do you yeah. think having a, a pro team helps your field? Uh, of course I do. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, um, I think there was so much controversy around it. It was sort of, you know, just one of those no press is bad press kind of situations where just <laughs> yeah. everyone was talking about it and, you know, yeah. and, uh, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't, it's, if you just look at it from a internet trolls perspective, it's very easy to hate on pretty much 10 of the 20 pro teams, you know, just like uh -huh. go ahead. Um, our team in semi-pro, we got second place twice. We made the web, you know, we made the finals twice and then we, we lost both matches. So we didn't win, uh, but we had one terrible event, um, where we had a bad batch of paint and we just, you know, we were just terrible at, at, at one event in our semi-pro season, mm -hmm. but I'm confident if we're shooting a different brand of paint or if whatever happened, we would have won the series that year, or at least it's been very close. Um, yeah. People just look at kind of the end results and just sure. say, oh, they don't deserve to be there. But it's like, yeah, did we, we, we got, you know, we made the finals twice in one season. Yeah. Um, we're not some scrub team, you know? That's right. Uh, and that's so, so important, uh, dude. Uh, like, obviously we're playing paintball, right? The paint is so important. If you have a bad batch, that's the difference between winning and losing right there. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good is, you are. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you're trying to win a series, like if, if your goal is to win the series to, to earn your semi-pro spot, uh -huh. uh, if you don't make Sunday, you, that's your whole season, you know? Uh -huh. So, yeah, you know, we, we didn't make Sunday once and then there we go. But I mean, yeah. regardless of, you know, of whether or not it's a good team, I mean, I think, yeah, our Vegas should prove that, you know, we are not just the team that's going to get blown out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we can ball. We're, we're good. Yeah. Uh, I just watched the, um, you know, it's similar to like that, uh, the, the BKI documentary, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, they, they skip division two just to go for mm-hmm. it. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you have to go for it. Like you gotta what, go for it. Uh, be aggressive. If you have an opportunity. You take it. You don't just yes, right. give it up because it's politically a, a move or something like that. Fuck no. We, yeah. we, as soon as that, we got those phone calls, it was, uh, yeah, we're going for it. And then, you know, so I'm trying to get the coach. Yeah. We get Robbie Goldsmith, which I think was like the uh, the really best move we made this year as far as um, yeah. growing the the program. Love that he's been amazing for us. But um, yeah, I mean the the opportunity we we are seizing it, and our mm-hmm. I mean the guys play a ton. Like they they understand their position, and and all they want to do is you know get to your Work. guys' level and and beyond. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, it's it's definitely one of the coolest things that I've been able to do with this field was to awesome. make that dream come true from these ten for these ten kids that are you know mostly local. Some of them I've known my you know my whole for ten years playing paintball my whole life. Uh, wow. A bunch of the kids I played against when we were in college, you know, they all were all pretty much the same age, like young thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've known these guys forever, and I mean, uh, like one of the best stories of my entire paintball career was we're in vegas we're playing you um is the dynasty match and uh our, our probably one of our best players is this kid danny shonar he's our he's our one on the snake side and he's a he's good he's he'll, he'll fuck people up yeah he um he we're, we're playing you guys i think you went up it, you know it was like two nothing or I, I forget but uh anyways he gets to your snake and marcelo you you lost him and he like torches you no listen and, listen, uh, listen listen i'm gonna <laughs> talk about this really quick this okay. was because he did not know how to play the snake so uh, <laughs> oh that he got it was, it, it was the very first point of the of the match it's so funny I, I i did a full breakdown of this um and it's not that he doesn't know how to play the snake he just did it unconventionally right so here's what happened he made the snake on the break. I knew he was in there, but I knew that we weren't wide. We were not wide on the snake side. And so what he should have done, what, what majority of the top level snake players would have done is crawl all the way down and start rapping on you. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. what you're supposed to do in that situation. And so I was thinking, okay, he's going to be crawling down and trying to rap. I could split the seam and go through the center and clear the center guy. But instead he like stopped at our snake one and came up looking inside, which Honestly, that wasn't the move because it allows our guys on the snake side to fill out to the corner and then, you know, regain that advantage. Fortunately for him, we didn't do that. He ends up torching me going through the center. I look like a bozo and I was like, damn it. (laughs) So it was the, it was the move on that one. It ended up being the move. Yeah. I think he even got another couple kills too. He had a great point doing what you're not technically supposed to do but it was it was yeah. just kind of funny i was like damn it i it's kind of crazy how that works like it is dude. you you were like <laughs> you were by the book you're like this is what any any top level guy's gonna do and then you read that appropriately and then yeah. it went it was just like it oh completely my God, wrong that's, yeah <laughs> you did what you're not supposed yeah. to do <laughs> right yeah. well, so, i mean that's what that's kind of the boat we're in is you know we don't yeah. know what we are or not in every situation yet and so sometimes dude, we fun, have fun man. mistakes we'll call hey, it hey i'm, I'm not mistake. taking i'm not taking anything away from him dude he had a great a great yeah. and, the, and the guys played really well uh yeah that, that entire match i i truly wasn't trying to throw any shade um it's just no, funny because i've good. done it let me tell the story about yeah okay sorry go ahead all right. Well, so, so, so that kid, so that is Danny. So his mom goes to every paintball tournament he's ever been to. I used to play with Danny on a team called Cleveland Imperial back in the day. 
And his mom was always there at every event on the sideline. She's like the nicest lady. She cooks us dinner. She's just like, but she literally goes to every single event. And Mm -hmm. so we, we do, we, we, we do the semi-pro thing and then he joins the team and then we go to pro and the mom's just like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, imagine going to every paintball tournament your kid's ever been to. And now he's playing pro, right? That's so so we're in the pits. She's in the pits with us and we're playing dynasty, which is in our pro career. I mean, this is our first pro event and we're playing dynasty. It's every, every first time pros story is is the time that they play dynasty. Right. (laughs) And, uh, I'm on the sidelines with, and I'm standing next to his mom watching the event or watching this point. And we see Danny go to your side of the snake. And we see you run to the middle and we see Danny come up and light you up. And then I think he got like a three pack he did. and the mom yeah. is literally holding me as hard oh, as she can. Oh. And she is sobbing, crying, crying. Oh, her eyes. Like I'm, I get emotional Dude. thinking about, it, but I mean, she is like literally holding me and crying so hard because wow. her little baby boy, Danny just yeah. you know, lights well, up dynasty point. and wins yeah. the point. Yeah. And it was just like that, that moment was just like a total, just like, wow, yeah. look at what we've done. And I love uh, that, man. Um, it just made That's me feel awesome. really good for that. The, the field gave that mom, you know, Danny's mom, the mm-hmm. opportunity to like have that moment of watching her shoot you Marcel. Wow. Know, but, I, I honestly I just mean, got the chills, man. That's actually, yeah. that's amazing because I, yeah. again, that, that parent child connection through the sport of paintball is, is really special to me, you know, mm-hmm. always has yeah. been. And uh, I really think it's kind of the, uh, a major boosting point going forward that we can, you know, yeah. capitalize on because it's so unique in that sense. But, um, that's so awesome, man. Awesome. That is. is just, yeah. that's what it's all about right there, dude. And, uh, you know, yeah. if we can have more fields do what you've done and that that's the bread and butter of the success of the future of pro paintball right there is, you know, taking that opportunity that you guys got going head first into it. It's kind of like when you get a job that you, you know, you might not know exactly. Yeah, you're not you're, quite qualified. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you, you, you're you like, yeah, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to learn and I'm going to apply yeah, myself yeah. and we're going to make this happen. Sure. And then you know what happens? You work your ass off and you learn and, and you, that's how you get to those types of levels. Most people that accomplish big things in their life, it's not that they knew everything going into it. You, you take the jump and you apply yourself and you work your ass off. And then you, you that's where the magic's at right there. So huge kudos to you guys, uh, level up paintball. You guys are doing such amazing things for the industry and for paintball as a whole. So it's just amazing to see what you guys have, have got cooking up over there, man. I'm, I'm excited to see the team moving forward too. Cause you know, it, it does only get harder for new teams. You know, when you first come mm-hmm. in, a lot of people don't know what to expect. Um, so on and so forth, but I, I just love the attack. You guys attacked all sides of the field. Um, I don't know who, uh, attacks the Dorito side for you guys. I forgot his name, but he was just a force, you know, and your mm-hmm. the snake presence, the middle presence, the Dorito presence, you guys were mm. honestly everywhere on that field and it made it really difficult. And you, I've, I've spoken about this before too, for less experienced teams, the best chance you have of winning is by playing aggressive. You can't play a slow game. Yeah. You, know, you got, you got to uh, kind of roll the dice and take big That's fights right. and be varied in your attack and be all over the place. That's your best chance of winning. And, and your guys' team did that very well. Yeah. Totally, man. Well, and that's all. I mean, it's it's the guys for sure, but that's that's where Robbie comes in. Robbie's yeah, smart enough totally. to have been there, and he knows that. And that's yeah. where his game plans come from. It's right. you know we have to go crazy, and all we've been doing since that event is practicing the pocket because we know we just can't hang with good teams in the yeah, pocket sure. yet. 
Yeah. Um, but that's what we're working on because I mean, it's just nice. It's just so hard to be a good team in the pocket, you know, unless yeah. Yeah. you are a really good team. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're working on in the back end. And in the meantime, yeah, we just have a bunch of, you know, crazy dudes that are just, they just want to bunker people and that yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> as best as they can, as fast Love as that. they can. And, and that's where Robbie, um, makes, you know, I mean, he's, he, he loves making aggressive game plans and uh and he loves talking shit to the guys when they screw up so it's perfect <laughs> we got to give a little yeah. shout out too because uh level up also has um you guys have a good system you have some divisional teams as well and major shout out to the doll family young colton uh yeah. of course. that kid mm-hmm. is an absolute beast and he's like yeah. 13 years old you know coming mm-hmm. up through the ranks um but there's there's a ton of players out there you know uh that you guys have done a good job of building that culture with um yeah. What do you see uh, in the future for those kids, for the kids coming to your field? Uh, sure. So, I mean, that's that's what's so great. I mean, you asked if like the pro team helps the field, and the the answer is a million percent yes because now we have a direct inject. You know, we we can get people to the Correct. pro division, which is mm-hmm. you know that's not a lot of fields can't offer that. Correct. Um, so, of course, we are super pumped and for somebody like Colton and all of his friends and people that are at the field now that they see okay. I need, you know, if, if I continue to play at this field, I'm going to continue to bump elbows with the the pro guys. And, you know, all I have to do is have a great season or a great year or a great day of practice to get on the radar. And, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the future goes, it's, it's honestly, from a field owner's perspective, it's a very tough, um, uh, route building the program because it, it's so time consuming, to deal with just even one X-Ball team, let alone a program, right? Yeah. You need guys like Chris Dahl to be involved in, in other paintball parents. And for me, just, I mean, I've, I've got the field going on for one, um, but, you know, all of my wife and I's other businesses and just stuff like that, um, doing super time-consuming things is really tough for me. So I have to find people to help or to delegate to to help make the program happen. So that's where I'm very thankful that we have guys like Chris Dahl, um, Colton's dad involved in the program. We still are kind of looking for somebody to really be like, you know, the Dan Smith from the Raiders program or just like we need we need that guy still, I think. Um, uh, Colton's dad is very involved, but he doesn't really want to be that that the real head honcho of the of of the whole program. He wants to just kind of help Colton. Um, Mm -hmm. But we are now in a position where so we have a pro team. Um, we've got a lot of kids that have been playing a lot of regional. So we, I think we are going to be putting in an NXL team next year, division to awesome. be determined D2, D1, something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a ton of players. Um, we're still working on sort of the structure of the program, but right now we just have a ton of teams that like to put our logo on their Jersey and I hook them up on paint and they go out to these regionals awesome, and just, dude. you know, go kick ass. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of field owners will tell you, I mean, if you have that guy, you're very lucky. I, I wish I had, you know, two of them um, mm-hmm. because the programs as a very, I mean, it's just, it's nonstop roster making parents asking what times practice start. And, you know, it's just, totally. it's just, there's a lot that goes into a couple of X-ball teams. And um, my priority is always just make sure the field's nice. If anybody needs sponsors, hit me up. I'll help you get sponsors. Um, you help me out at the field. I'll help you out with paint kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't, I'm not too involved with, uh, with the divisional teams as far as like, I don't, I don't make rosters or anything sure. like that. I kind of just, um, 
help out whoever wants to help us out kind of thing. But um, as far as the talent pool goes, I mean, it's, it's level up is definitely the place to play the best competition. I think people know that there are some other fields yep. around that, that do play and, and they do have X ball fields, but everybody kind of knows that level ups where you, it's like the, you know, what Pendleton or I don't even know where yeah. the field is, yeah, I guess victory now is, but that's kind of yeah. what we have there. So, so the future is bright. Um, if, you know, we, uh, um, what leagues are we playing? Let's, let's see what happens next year. And we're going to definitely put teams everywhere we can. That's for sure. Yeah. I, do. I love it. Awesome. It's all about playing a lot of paintball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ty, you got any other questions for our man? Um, no, man, this has been, uh, this has been yeah. great, dude. Absolutely amazing story. We can't wait to, uh, you know, play world cup and, uh, see level up out there and, and thank you sincerely um on behalf of the whole ptg nation and paintball in general for everything that you do dude uh it's a it's an amazing field that you've created you have such a cool story of how you made the adventure out to cali and then you know it just trickled and trickled and all these um connections you've made through all of your hard work so thank you for everything that you do in paintball man and and we can't wait to hopefully see you soon yeah panda appreciate it so much yeah, where, dude. where can people find you keep up with level up where can people yeah. uh, get all the level up goodness yep and uh, where can they stay uh, the tuned for that goodness. ptg pro school that's going to be coming out yeah <laughs> so everything's on the instagram uh level up sports level spelled lvl like here um that's you know instagram is always where we 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 keep all of our focus on our marketing stuff. So any clinics that we do, we, you know, obviously this year we, we sort of stayed away from events and, and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But, um, Marcel will tell you, you know, there's always, um, uh, we, whenever we can do a clinic, we do, um, we do host some regional tournaments, uh, next year. Now that we have the, we have two turf fields and, and the grass field, um, and, and we upgraded our air infrastructure. I, I can definitely say that we're going to be hosting more events next year, whether that's awesome. us, hosting our own or just, you know, and yeah. any, any leagues out there, we are a rentable venue. We, we'd be happy to host your event next year. So hit, awesome. don't be shy, hit me up. Um, I'm happy to work with you guys and, uh, we've got plenty of parking and the ability to do whatever we can. Um, but yeah, just follow us on Instagram. Um, shout out to the pro team as well. Columbus level, uh, they're on Instagram as well. Just, um, columbus lvl on instagram so definitely follow the the new kids on the block and watch them try to make a name for themselves this season and uh definitely want to say you guys uh, i'm so happy that you've got this podcast going i think uh paintball really needed it and i think you guys are the perfect two to to make this this podcast happen and keep rocking that all-star uh, guest list and yeah you know um I, I look forward to you guys building your own your own studio someday joe rogan style in a spaceship there we go now we're talking <laughs> there baby we go. yeah dude, on the thank moon, you so much it's gonna have to be in a spaceship because it's that's right on the <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> that's the goal baby uh, yeah cool. dude but yeah, yeah so everybody our, uh, we'll do a play the game thing at, at level up next year you awesome pick a date marcel is really good at honoring me for dates and i'm really <laughs> <laughs> perfect so, well dude it's yeah. been a busy year for you as well major congrats to you and meg also bringing your baby yeah. into this world that's amazing so thank you um, yeah baby young nico will be playing in no time yeah congratulations yeah, brother yeah so everybody please go follow them uh level up sports and congratulations once again on your beautiful family man and thank you for everything that you do and uh, we'll see you soon brother thanks guys all right later bro peace all right ptg fam thank you guys for joining us on another amazing show that was a really good one my goodness dave pando is uh just an awesome dude as i said 
in the intro, we, we really, really do love and have a lot of appreciation for that man and what he's doing for uh, the paintball community. It's, it's always good to have field owners that are out there doing the right thing, helping grow the sport and represent paintball in the highest capacity. And Dave Pando is doing exactly that. If you guys enjoyed the show, you guys can head over to our website at ptgpaintball.com. We've got some merchandise on there. We have our Patreon, and uh, we are so incredibly thankful for all of our supporters. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us on this journey. We um, are looking to continue to bring you guys the hottest and greatest content. And um, if you guys do need a website, our website was designed by Rusty Glaze. Rusty Glaze owns Concert Pursuit. He does a fantastic job with websites, as you can see with ours. Um, so if you guys are an entrepreneur yourself or um, looking to expand your brand or get a website for any reason, Rusty's your guy. Hit him up. And um, yeah, with that said, everybody, hope to see you guys very soon. World Cup is approaching. Hope everybody is on the grind and working hard. And uh, we're very excited to get back in the flow of things. All right. Until next time.